Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by Drip Shop Live. Shop live streams of sports cards from your favorite sellers right from your phone or computer. Giveaways, auctions, breaks, personal boxes, singles, and more. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whenever you're listening to the show, we really appreciate it. You are listening to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast. We talk TTM cards, autographs, collecting, and anything Drew Pelto wants to talk about. That is in his contract. Yep. It is season four, episode 49. Now, almost done with the year. It's December 10th. You're listening to the nationally ranked sports podcast, TTM Cast. My name is Jeff Baker. I'm talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm joined by my friend and co host from Dallas, Texas, Mr. Drew Pelto. Drew is, of course, the YouTube creator of the world. Welcome, Drew. Hey, good to be here as always. Drew, why don't you give people your YouTube channel? And if they they haven't subscribed yet, guys, you're missing something. Yeah, make sure you check out uh, youtube.com slash dfwgrapher. Post a video typically every month on any autographs I get back, whether it's in person or through the mail. Of course, when I was on my road trip, I did a daily update from that. But uh, yeah, I'm actually probably going to switch back to a weekly format for next year. So jump on, subscribe to that before I do that. Um, you can also check out dfwgrapher.com. That is my website. Has a link to my YouTube page on it. You can also find links to Instagram, Twitter, stuff about all the sets I'm working on, anything like that. I got a few uh, photos I need to add to that this week. So make sure you go and check that out. And Drew, I'm going to put yeah. a, a vote. This is vote number one. I'm in the Aubrey fan club. I am her, pre- her president of the Aubrey fan club. More Aubrey in, in the videos. Absolutely. She's, uh, I mean, she's great. So yes. <laughs> he, he does great videos, guys. He, 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 does, he runs down all his TTM uh returns and, and talks autograph collecting and gives some tips and make sure you check that out drew we still have the radio show going i know last week we kind of let the the, the the cat out of the bag but i think we're going to continue it's not officially 100 signed off on yet but mm-hmm. i think we will be continuing our radio show why don't you let people know about the show yeah you, it's uh called sports collectors club you can hear it on the sports map radio network Nationwide Radio Network. You may have an affiliate in your town. If you don't, then you can download their app on your uh, Google App Store, Apple Store, whatever you got there. You can find out more about us at sportscollectorsclub.com. Catch any of our past episodes on there. We air Saturday mornings at 10 a.m., Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. That's Eastern time on all of those. Or like we said, go and download past episodes. Listen to them anytime you want. Yep. Go to sportscollectorsclub.com. You can listen to all our old episodes i know if you need more fill of drew it's you know if you if you like one of drew's cousins or one of drew's fans we got we got another uh drew email ranting about drew into the email from one of his fans this week he 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 i don't you must not have any money left paying all these people to, to send out, out these uh, reviews to me yeah every every dollar i spend goes on bribing them and uh, buying stamps pretty much so. <laughs> Well, that was the, we got, again, guys, we love getting the emails. Uh, and so Drew, why don't you let people know how they can email us? Of course, that is simply ttmcast at yahoo.com. Cha-ching. <laughs> well, I had a pretty good week turns uh, collecting wise. You know, I talked to Dick Bosman the other, the other day, and I didn't realize he wrote a book when I started doing his uh, research on him. 
So I was talking to him and I was like, you know what? I got to get your book. So I went to, um, I went on to Amazon to look for his book. It's called Dick Bosman on Pitching Lessons from the Life of a Major League Ball Player and Pitching Coach. And I went to look for the book and it was like $30 on, on Amazon. Well, I found this site called Hamilton Books and I got the book for seven, say it was like $6, $5.95, I think. Nice. So uh, I'm very thrilled. I'm going to I'm gonna read it and then I'm going to send it off to Dick to get signed because Dick is a great TTM. He, sign, he signs a lot. So if, uh, you've got Dick Bosman, an interview with Dick Bosman coming up, but I'm, I'm going to read his book. I'll give a book report on it maybe next week. I, it's a couple hundred page book, but I'm going to try to knock it off this weekend. Also, I don't know if you guys saw on uh, social media, I got a talk, Tops Archive box, right? So I never pull autographs ever. I'm the worst. I have the worst luck. But of course, when my wife gets the box, I get an autograph on it. So she picked up a box at Walmart. She she sends me a picture. Do you want any of these? Or, I think it's Target or Walmart, whatever. And she goes, Do you want any? Goes, oh yeah, get me a box Tops Archive because they never have my and I hadn't opened any. So of course I open the box and what do I get? I get an autograph card. But who do I get? Joe West, Cowboy <laughs> Joe West. Like oh my god, if. 10 old 10 year old me would have taken that card and thrown it in the trash i would have been screaming i was mm -hmm. so disappointed i got joe west autograph card would you have been a little upset yeah just a bit yeah it's like you know you get an autograph like oh joe west really mm -hmm. joe mm -hmm. I, I can't i can't say enough so anyway so i sent the, I, I sent a picture to my to my one umpire friend that that i had on the show a while ago Matt and he he was umpired in in Double A and he he's the only guy I know that would appreciate Joe West. He actually he actually has a Joe West autograph. I know that for a fact. So I sent a, I sent a picture off to him and he's like the, I, I'm like you're the only person in the world that would really really be thrilled to get this card. So we po I posted on social media like oh my god I got Joe West. I had like six people reach out to me and say hey would you trade it trade it <laughs> no problem i'll trade wow. it any day so the first guy comes back to me and he goes would you take a brooks robinson sign card for it i go sure i got three books three or four brooks robinson card robinson card i would rather have a brooks, another brooks robinson card than a joe west card any day of the week right yeah, yeah. so he, we make the we make this deal he picks out he, he sends me like three brooks robinson cards to choose from i pick the one card that i want like the, the next day, he, he sends me a text and says, I, I can't send you that one. I thought it was a reproduction. It's a vintage. I'm doing a project. Like, no problem. I'm, you know, and I'm, I, I'm easy. I, I didn't really care about the Brooks Robbins card, honestly. And so yeah. he, he goes, would you take a Whitey Ford autograph card? I go, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I would Whitey, gladly take that over Robinson. Wow. I know. I know Whitey Ford signed a lot, but I didn't have a Whitey Ford in my collection. So right. I'm getting a Whitey Ford autograph card for a Joe S card that I would have given to him and given him a big hug for taking off my hands. That's a, that's how much <laughs> I detested that card. So a win-win. Thank you for the trade. I, I sent, I literally, I literally couldn't get rid of that Joe West card fast enough. As soon as we agreed on the trade, I sent the card off to him when we agreed on the Brooks Robinson trade. So even, even the, even I didn't even know I was getting the, the Whitey Ford card. I'm sure it'll come in the mail the next day or two, but it, you know, I, I know I took a page out of your, your book. Cause I know you're, you love trading. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't trade that often, but it was nice to, that somebody got a card that they wanted. And it's a, a couple of guys were like, yeah, Joe West is going to the hall of fame. I go, yeah, mm -hmm. if he pays his, his admission, he might get in. <laughs> I think he's going to get in. He was, he was around long enough as an umpire that I think he'll get inducted eventually. 
nothing against Joe West, but when I saw him behind yeah. the plate, I knew it was I was we were in for a long day. He was yeah, he was just argumentative and he was inconsistent. And I don't yep. think he was a good umpire. Do you? Not particularly, but I mean the the longevity has a lot to do with that there and. The fact they didn't screw up badly enough to get fired at any point or forced into an early retirement or anything. Yeah, I'm not taking Joe West might be might might be the best guy ever. You know, I mean, I don't I don't know. I'm just like as as an umpire, maybe he did his job because I I didn't like him as an umpire. So if if you like an umpire, then something's wrong, I guess. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, how was your week, my friend? Pretty good. Uh, Last weekend, I was able to go out to the Frisco Rough Riders sidewalk sale. They did a big thing trying to, you know, clear out some inventory and some store space. And so they had a lot of really good stuff there, but nothing that I really needed at all. They had uh, some game-used jerseys there. They, uh, all of them, they're all game-used and autographed. They're all from, like, you know, one-off games where they had, like, you know, charity auction or something like that, and these were leftovers from there. So uh, we did pick one up, though, as a gift to a friend. So uh, grabbed one of those while I was out there. Uh, they had some signed balls from various people, whether it was former Rough Riders players on up to – they had uh, like five or six of them from Roger Clemens that were there. And, oh, you didn't uh, buy one? It was $50. And it was, oh. that's a little outside my price range. It's like, I mean, because he signs by, ma- he's been known to sign by mail as low as 25 in the recent past. I think he's up to like 100 now. But it's, yeah, I mean, I didn't really have a major use for it. If it had been 10 bucks or so, I've been, I'll grab, you know, yeah. all of them. If it had been 25, I would have said, yeah, I'll grab one of them. 50, no, not so much. Uh, they had some game used bats there as well. I think the, like 50 as well, and didn't really have any names of anybody that I wanted out of there. There's some discounts on apparel too. So uh, my wife picked up a shirt and I actually got the hat right here, the Frisco Corny Dogs hat, one of yeah, their uh, nice. one of their alter egos right there. So grab that one. Um, aside from that, let's see here. Got a, did a couple of, well, I got the uh, Wade Boggs card interview. So thank you very much for the uh, Diamond Kings uh, Wade Boggs there. Adds to the Diamond Kings project. Plus so I, I told you how that all worked out. Worked out great for yep. everybody. Exactly. Uh, a friend of mine in Kentucky went to the Reds Fan Fest and a couple days later he says, hey, do you need Justin Dunn for the uh, Tops Heritage set? I'm like, yeah, definitely. What do you want it for? He's like, nah, just give me your address. It's all yours. So like, sweet. Thanks. So I got that nice. for Heritage. Uh, let's see here. eBay, I've been picking up some more Hall of Famer rookie cards. So uh, my job in place of a Christmas party this year sent all of us a $150 uh, Amex gift card. So I'm like, all right, what do I really need? There's nothing I really need. So I figure, okay, I'm going to go crazy on eBay looking for some cheaper Hall of Famer rookie cards and, you know, send those off to guys who sign for free or for cheap. So we'll pick up a Jim Rutherford right there. Got that one okay, yeah. just the other day. Got uh, Adrian Dantley. Okay, good. Got uh, Don Staley. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Had uh, Katie Smith as well. Yeah. Uh, Bill Barber. I'm going to have to explain some stuff about that Bill Barber here in a moment. Another postal rant. I just sent off a Bill Barber. I hope he still signs. I think he does. I've seen good stuff on him at least. So, And I uh, got the Rod Thorne rookie card there as well. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that Bill Barber one. So um, you may remember a couple of weeks ago, I had that uh, incident with the post office crushing a piece of mail in my box because they decided, okay, well, we're going to put those in. Now we're going to shove a package in on top of it. and Everything under it be damned. It's still, basically. It still bothers me. Yeah. Well, this is going to be even, this is going to be even worse. Um, two days ago, I think it was, or was it yesterday? It was yesterday. Yeah. They crammed two packages into our mailbox, all the mail around it. And that one was literally crumpled up, folded in half, like everything except had a bite taken out of it, basically. Hopefully it wasn't one of my packages that caused it. 
No, it was not. Yours, yours had already arrived by that point. All right, good. But um, yeah, it was also, I mean, the packages were wedged in there to the point where I could, I could hardly even get them out of the mailbox again. Um, my wife got some stuff on a benefits package for her new job and everything, and that got crushed all to hell in there. And I mean, so this Bill Barber card was sent in a top loader and in a photo mailer, which normally is just fine. It's not going to go through the machinery or anything like that. It gets there all right, because I mean, those things are usually tanks. Oh, God, that thing was crushed up and just folded, torn. Like I said, everything but a bite taken out of it. And fortunately, I wish I still had the top loader. I threw the top loader out, but the top loader was bent in half pretty much. I mean, not quite, you know, all the way in half, but still it was like from there to about, you know, yeah, like about a, a, looked like a 160 <laughs> degree, yeah, 160 degree angle basically on it. But fortunately, the Bill Barber card was not creased at all in it. It got bent a little bit, but I was able to flatten it out just fine to see. No yeah, no, it looks really. good. You held it. It looks good. Yeah, came out just fine out of that. So lucky for the post office that they didn't screw it up that much. But uh, yeah, really not too big of a fan of uh, what they did on that. So we'll see how many more times they do that this week and uh, how whose ass I have to kick at some point. Yeah, I found a bunch of uh, 7980 Tops cards that I had, hockey cards. I had, oh, nice. a, I had a whole box of them. I forgot about them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I took the Gretzky and, and the, the, all the good cards were basically taken out, I thought. And I went through them, and there was there was a Bill Barber card in there. There was a you know, Ken Dryden card. There was a uh, Bobby Clark card. So I sent obviously Dar Dryden didn't sign, but I sent out um, probably eight or ten uh, hockey cards to get signed. Just the U.S. guys. That's that was my problem. I didn't have any Canadian stamps. So right, right. <laughs> Very cool. That's good. You had a, you had a pretty good week, but guys, we have a really fun show for you. I know we uh, we like to talk a lot, and I, I see this going uh, a little long, Drew. We, we, we've been we, <laughs> we've been rifting already, but we oh, got. Yeah. We got Dick Bosman, who played uh, 11 seasons in the major leagues as a pitcher. He was a pitcher for from 1966 to 1976 with Washington Senators, the Texas Rangers, the Cleveland Indians, and the Oakland A's. We talked to Dick about his career and about signing autographs. He's a great TTMer. Next week, we have kicker Paul McFadden, who played for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Giants, and I believe the Atlanta Falcons uh, back in the 80s. So we're going to talk to Paul next week. Um, But this week, we have Dick Bosman. We also have more with Les, and we have our uh, collector's corner with, with Nora Germain. So we have a lot to to come uh come in so drew why don't you let people know about our regular segments of course baker's dozen comes up first that'll be all the news from the previous week in the hobby world you mentioned right there uh, collector's corner with nora germain 13 year old collector from the uh i believe the bay area out in california yep, she, she is a huge san francisco uh sports fan she can't be too heavy about the Aaron judge stuff then it seemed like no no i talked we talked unfortunately we talked to her right before judge Ooh. signed so she was yeah. all excited for judge to sign I've uh, got fast forward football where we make really bad football picks. So uh, take what we say and do the opposite. More from Les. Les Wolf will be joining us and talking about whatever's on his mind this week. Making the grade, covering all things in the grading portion of the hobby. Stamp of approval, where Jeff and I give our two thumbs up to anything and everything that might come to mind. So uh, you never know what you're going to get in there. Vern Rap Minute, where we cover any deaths in the world of sports, music, movies, celebrity, politics, whatever comes along. And, of course, the reason why you're here and why we are here, our TTM Returns. Very good. Thanks, Drew. Guys, we'd love to hear from you. Drew, Drew's cousins have this uh, number on, on their refrigerator, so anytime they need it, they they just send it off. But our text line is 978-729-0662. That's our text line, 978-729-0662. Or you can email us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. 
the pro. He is the pro. The pro. Send us emails. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know why, what you'd like to, us to talk about. Let us know if you'd like to be a guest on the show. We love to talk to collectors in Collectors Corner or if you have any ideas for the show. If you think we should kill a segment, if there's a new segment you'd like to see us add, if you're sick and tired of two-hour shows and you want us to go, go back to one-hour shows, that's what we don't want to know. Send us an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com. Well, Drew, that wraps up all our introductions. We're going to go right into Baker's Dozen next. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is a news summary of what's been going on in the hobby. A lot of things to talk about this week. First, I just want to remind everyone to check my article on TTMing and autograph tips in sportscollectorsdaily.com. That's a weekly article, sportscollectorsdaily.com. Usually post either Tuesday or Wednesday morning, so make sure you check that out. Also, I have a new article. My first article was Sports Collectors Digest. I wrote an article uh, featuring Kevin Keating from PSA, and uh, he's an author. We talk about Kevin's new book and collecting. So make sure you check out my article in sportscollectorsdigest.com on Kevin Keating. Uh, also, I want to thank everyone for entering our raffle for the Wilma Briggs autograph cards. Uh, I think I took care of everyone that entered. So uh, uh, if you had entered the Wilma Briggs autograph, uh, Raffle, I've been sending out cards all week. If you haven't received it, um, please t uh, email me and let me know if you didn't get it. I do have a couple left over, but I think I took care of everyone. Uh, thank you for, uh, I want to thank Wilma uh, for signing all those cards and, and for Caleb Craig, uh, who's one of our listeners, a great listener. He actually uh, ordered those cards for me. So thank you, Caleb. He's one that helped arrange the Wilma Briggs uh, interview as well. So hopefully you enjoyed that. Drew and I have a really fun uh, promotion that we've been talking about for a couple of weeks, and we really, really like to see you guys get involved. It's called Give a Card, Get a Card for the holidays. It's, it's the worst naming promotion I've ever come up with, but it's the best promotion we've, we've come up with. This is from one of our listeners. He came, an idea came from one of our listeners, and it's a really uh, great promotion. Give a card, get a card for the holidays. What you do is you send us an autograph card, one autograph card. You also send us a second autograph card. You must have doubles out there, guys. You must have cards that you really don't uh, care too much about that you want to share with somebody. What we're going to do is we're going to send you an autograph card from another collector. So you'll get a card. We'll send send us a self-addressed envelope. We'll drop another card in the envelope, and you'll get a card. We're also going to take all our second cards from collectors, and we're going to send that off to Signatures for Soldiers, Tim at Signatures for Soldiers, and he's going to send sell them and earn money for, for wounded veterans, which is unbelievable. He does a great job. Uh, he's, he's earned over $200,000, I think, this year. So during the holiday season, it's great. We can help out uh, wounded veterans. We can, can, can get an autograph card and network with collectors. And we're going to do this through, we said Christmas, but we'll do it through the end of the year, right, Drew? We'll do, we'll yeah, do it's probably it a good year. idea. Yeah. Just go to ttmcast.com, ttmcast.com. That's our website. Click on the, the button at the top. It's on the top left. It says, give a card, get a card. All the information's there. My mailing address is there. 
please, you can do it as many times as you want. You want seven cards? Send me seven self-addressed stamped envelope and seven cards, and we'll we'll make sure you get seven cards. As long as we get cards from our other collectors, we'll send them off. So to, to have this be a great promotion, turn a lot of money for signatures for soldiers, we need cards, guys. Send them off, right, Drew? Exactly. I mean, I can tell you right now, I went through my collection yesterday, had my uh, whole poster next to me, and started pulling cards. I'm thinking, all right, yeah, I'll be able to you know, send like 20 cards, 10 envelopes, be done with it there. Well, I got on a little bit of a roll accidentally. <laughs> uh, this stack, you can see it right there, Jeff. That is 56 cards that I'll be sending in here. I'm not going to send 28 envelopes with it either. I'm going to send like, you know, 10, maybe 15 envelopes there for this. So uh, there's going to be a lot of extra cards out there. Some of you may be lucky enough to get multiple cards in there. We're going to have a lot to donate to uh, Signatures for Soldiers there as well. So uh, yeah, if you're thinking about sending in, jump on it let's get on this let's do that you know yeah i have a binder full of cards set aside like you drew that that i'm just they're just set aside to, to trade into to give people cards so well you know it's we, we did such a good job you guys did such a good job helping lampilla kids and it felt, made us feel good you know set helping out others and it, I, you know we like to you know we like to have fun and we love the hobby and i, I think the, the people in this hobby are are fantastic they're, they're they have a big heart and uh, I, I really, you know, I, I met Tim probably, you know, five years ago when he was probably my second or third guest, one of my one of my first guests. And I just love what he does in any way I can help Tim and, and his charity uh, is nice. So, you know, during the holiday season, it's great to be able to help out your your fellow collectors, help out a nice charity and, and bring a smile to somebody's face. So, guys, just go to TTMcast.com. All the information's there. The address is there. Uh, we're going to. Give a card, get a card. It's the best we could come up with a name. Maybe, maybe next year we'll come up with a with a better name, Drew. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I couldn't think of anything. It was just. It's, it is what it is, right? You have to have what the what the promotion is in the name. Yeah, yeah. So guys, know, help out. There's gotta oh. be like secret Santa signatures or something like yeah, that. I don't, I don't know, know, something like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> There's something in there, but my brain is dead. I guess I just couldn't yeah. come up with anything. So guys. Give a card, get a card for the holiday season. We're going to run it through uh, the beginning, end of the year. And then we'll come up with something else in it later in the year, maybe another another cause that we can help out with. But uh, go to ttmcast.com. All the information is there. Drew, we finally got a new Hall of Famer in baseball. And a much-deserved one as well. I mean, after spending 10 years on the writer's ballot and not getting picked, Fred McGriff not getting in in that time was an absolute sham, and the writers should be ashamed of themselves. I agree. So, you look at his stats. I mean, what, 497 or 93 home runs or something. He yeah. had over 30 home runs for like 10 years, right? You can't blame the guy for coming up seven short of 500. I mean, that's insane to, to blame him for that. We've got a cat trying to run through my stuff here but yeah i know it's like 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 roberto clemente if he you know he ended with three thousand hits if he ended with three two thousand nine hundred ninety nine hits is he not getting in right yeah <laughs> i mean coming up seven home runs short and especially for a guy who was never attached to any steroid allegations in an era that was absolutely rife with them that should be a huge point for him right there i mean yeah it was just completely insane to me i mean he's a good fielder at first base as well uh he was he won the world series of course with atlanta in 1995 he was a perennial MVP candidate. He was one of the most pro consistently productive players throughout the 90s. So for him to not get in the Hall of Fame was an absolute travesty. And I'm glad that the uh, committee there went, not only, not only did they put him in, they put him in unanimously. 
Yeah, no, it's nice. It's his um, cards are pretty affordable still. Like his like, rookie card, what we what we say it was like eight eight to ten dollars or something, right? For his Donruss rookie. Yeah, you can find it. Yeah, five to ten easily, I would think. Yeah, so uh, congratulations to Fred McGriff. And if you're a Braves fan or a Blue Jays fan, I think those are the two teams that he really is uh, synonymous with. And um, it, it's good to see another Devil Ray in, right? He, he played he played for the Devil Rays. I think he played with Boggs. Yeah, I think they were teammates there for a couple, at least one season in there. Yeah, with Curtin Canseco, and they had all those. Mm -hmm. They had they had a pretty good team back then. So very good. Uh, unfortunately, no one else got in. Uh, I wish they would just, you know, they, it, this this, this bet this um uh, balloting was only 16 people voting and you would have thought that you know bonds and griff and uh and clemens and even a rod would have gotten in just with that small number but the percentages were pretty consistent with how they were on the ballot right it was you know yeah. these guys were getting out of 16 votes they were getting four five six votes to get in um just not enough momentum and i don't think um, you know, there's no, there's got to be a forgive and forget type of thing. And, you know, some of these guys, especially Bonds and Clemens, they were Hall of Famers without using the steroids. They, they didn't have, they got caught up in it. And, you know, I'm a huge David Ortiz fan, but you can't tell me he was clean his whole career. I mean, Ortiz, if I remember, I was an admitted user at one point. So, I mean, he's, he had his excuses for it and everything too, but yeah, that's, I mean, I'm not, a, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Ortiz being in just because of that at all, but I think, I mean, this to me was a big referendum on the entire steroid era because, I mean, everyone wanted to say, well, it's only because, you know, the media is just bitter at them for, you know, cheating the system and getting and, you know, make themselves great and blah, blah, blah. Well, this committee was composed of a lot of former players and their voice spoke about as loudly as anyone because they said they got less, a couple of those guys got less than four votes. So, right. Yeah. I mean, to me, that should be, that should speak louder than anything that not only does the media not respect them. But it, so you can't you can't just blame the sports media on this because not only does the media not respect them for it, their fellow players aren't respecting them for it either. So that should say that should speak loudly with a lot of fans out there. Right. And Drew, Drew I've read a lot of books from former players, you know, especially in from the 60s and 70s, because I remember all those guys. Right. And every one of the books you read, these guys are popping greenies like it's going out of style. You know what I mean? The, you can't tell me that the guys who played in the 60s and the 70s weren't on something. You know, maybe they weren't on steroids, but they were doing something. Was it legal then, though? That's the big question. Right. And that to me is where it all comes into, because, I mean, steroids were illegal under federal law, not until 1988. So if there was a player using steroids in the 70s, it was legal at the time. They made no, it illegal know. after that. You don't use it. So there you it, go. That's it, my view on it, at least. It's crazy. Well, hey, we had big numbers for uh, 54 banks in an auction. Yeah, $198,000 on that one. So uh, really great to see. That. I think Ernie Banks is one of the most underrated players of all of baseball history. I mean. A guy who had, mostly because, you know, he never won a World Series or anything. He got stuck on some very bad Cubs teams, but he was, you know, the best time. But PSA 9 rookie card of his, $198,000 there at Robert Edwards Auctions. Auction total price out of everything they sold, $13 million there. There's so much money coming in this hobby. It is, you know, sometimes it's funny because sometimes you want to call it a business. Sometimes you want to call it a hobby. For you and I, it's a hobby, right? But there's yeah. other people that are that are making uh buck and they're uh you know it's dri driving driving a lot of popularity and it's all good i think anytime that we see big big numbers uh i'm for it and, it, and it's great for the hobby in terms of another another one they had a psa 8 
1933 Gaudi Babe Ruth card. It was card number 144. There was one of 31.8 sold at auction for $483,638. So I don't know why I wanted to give the whole number on that one. <laughs> but that's, that's pretty good. That I, I was up, I was totally into it until I my final bid was four hundred thirty-eight thousand six hundred thirty-five dollars. You beat just missed three. it. Yeah, just missed out. <laughs> you yep. should have checked around the cushions in your in your social sofa for the extra couple bucks. Exactly. Hey, uh, Memory Lane has a new uh, auction starting up. That's actually just uh, dropping this weekend. It's going to run all the way through January seventh. One thousand eight hundred eighteen lots of cards and memorabilia on there, including the first World Series program game one of that World Series. It's one of only three that are known to exist in the world. So a really cool thing to be able to check out right there. Uh, I've got a Babe Ruth baseball. They have a Michael Jordan debut ticket, plus a whole lot of unopened boxes and packs. You can find more about that at memorylaneinc.com. That's I-N-C.com. Yeah, we also want to congratulate our friend JP Cohen from Memory Lane. They just had their uh, fall rarities auction and just completed. And they had they realized great uh, numbers. They had a 1951 PSA Mickey Mantle uh, Bowman sold for over $3 million, which is outstanding. They had a 1969 Mickey Mantle white letter. What The white, white letter version was a PSA 9, sold for over $900,000. They had a PSA 8, 1933 Gaudi Babe Ruth number 53, sold for $822,000. They had a 1933 DeLong set, and the whole all the cards in the set sold for $282,000. So congratulations to JP and the, the our friends at Memory Lane Inc. for, for realizing some great prices drew we have some uh, show news to let people know about after the new year we do indeed uh, january 8th the new england card show is gonna be going on at springfield massachusetts at the mass mutual center robert Parrish is going to be a guest of that show signing autographs they're also gonna have a trade night at the basketball hall of fame you can find out more about that show at newenglandcardshow.com when you were in new england did you ever go to the basketball hall of fame when you were out school out here I never did. I didn't have access to a car. I didn't have a license at that point. So uh, never made it out to Springfields at any point. I think we kind of passed close to it on I-90 on my way in and out of the state, but that was about it. It's, it's a pretty good take. There's a lot, it's interactive. And it, you know, if you're in the New England area and you just get a chance to go to the, the Hall of Fame, it's really a, a fun take. Well, we got a, a show down in your neck of the woods through the Dallas Car Show, January 12th through the 15th in Allen, Texas. How far is Allen from you? Allen's about an hour from me. It's not that far. It's uh, kind of on the northern side of Dallas. Well, they're going to have it at the Marriott at Dallas Allen Hotel. Go to DallasCardShow.com. They haven't posted any uh, autographed guests, but they always have great guests there. So make sure you check that out. Dallas Card Show, January 12th through the 15th. A little bit further south in the state, we've got the Houston Collectors Show coming up. It's going to be run by TriStar. Goes on February 3rd through the 5th. It'll be at NRG Arena. Haven't heard anything about autograph guests, but they've always got several of them there. Usually, you know, Craig Biggio types, any kind of uh, big name Houston names that they can get in there. TristarProductions.com is the place to go to find out more info about that and to keep an eye on their autograph guests. Thank you, Drew. We have a lot of new releases to uh, let people know about. Coming out on December 15th is the Panini 2022 Classic Football. There's two autographs. Six cards per box. It's an online exclusive, guys. It's online exclusive. Go to Panini. What's a PaniniAmerica.com? Is there the website? Uh, PaniniAmerica.net. PaniniAmerica.net. Uh, December 15th, $350. The 
uh, Panini Classic Football. I remember uh, a few years ago, that was kind of one of their low-end ones, right? I, you could get those mm-hmm. at Target and, and Walmart and stuff, but they've kind of shifted that. So Panini 2022 Classic Football for $350. That's an online exclusive December 15th. At a Donruss Optic 2022 baseball coming out, getting to see the uh, final few Panini baseball releases all coming out here after uh, Fanatics takes everything over and goes exclusively to tops here. Uh, you're going to see 20 packs per box, four cards per pack, four or two autographs in there. It's going to run you about $125. We have a price drop, the 19, uh, 2019, the 2022 select NFL uh, draft picks, which is really cool. Football, 15 cards, three packs uh, uh, per pack, three packs, 15 cards per pack. I'll get it right, Drew. I'm, I'm <laughs> stumbling a little today. We get yeah. three autos in the box for $135. So that's a price drop. Drew, you worked on that, right? You worked on that? I did. Book? Yes. I pulled, I think, all the photos in that product. Very cool. So check that out. It's, it, it's a really nice looking set. Another one that I pulled a lot of photos from is the Panini 2022 Flawless Collegiate Football set. That's going to be coming out here soon. You get one pack of six cards. All six cards are autographed. That's going to run you $1,375. So kind of the uh, opposite end of the spectrum there, price wise. Yeah, the antithesis, right? Yes. This one, guys, this go to tops.com. This is what uh, they are still there. I saw them, uh, I think yesterday, the day before. Tops 2022 Heritage High Number just came out. $80 for, for a box, blaster box, uh, hobby box. I'm sorry. 24 packs, nine packs, uh, nine cards per pack. You get one auto or relic. There's 225 cards in the set, 200 of the regular uh, what are the base cards, I guess, and 25 short prints. A lot of inserts. Uh, in the 1973 design, 2022 Topps Heritage High Number, $80. Go to tops.com because they're a lot more expensive than a lot of other places. Mentioned these last week. They're still out there. You can find the 2022 Topps Holiday Mega Boxes. 10 cards per pack, 10 packs per box, a 200-card set. So you get about half a set right there. One autograph or relic, that's going to go about $25 right there. So very affordable price tag on the, on the uh, Topps Holiday Mega Boxes. And lastly, this is a nice one for the kids, right? Uh, top Stadium Club. The pictures are beautiful. It's a really nice looking set. 300 cards in the set. You get 16 packs, eight cards per pack, one on-card auto for 100 bucks. They, I've seen a couple breaks on them. You know, they're really nice looking cards. They, top does a great job. St- stop, top Stadium Club, it's obviously baseball for $100. All right, Drew, we can breathe, right? Yes. Baker, Baker's Dozen is done. Next. We're going to do a little collector's corner. We love talking to collectors. And guys, you know, if you want to be on the show, we'd love to talk to you. If you have a passion for something, if you're into collecting, it doesn't have to necessarily be TTMing and autographs. If you're into something that you're collecting, you know, you like programs, ticket stubs, we don't care. We love to talk to people that are passionate about collecting. So if you want to be a guest in, uh, on Collector's Corner, send us an email to TTMcast at yahoo.com. Right. That's right, Drew. Very good. Well, this week I talked to Nora Germain. I learned about Nora. They did an article on her in sportscollectorsdaily.com. And I learned about her. She's a 13-year-old collector out of uh, San Francisco area. San Mateo, actually. She plays uh, basketball and she plays softball. But she loves collecting cards. She is a... Drew, she put you to shame in person <laughs> autographing. She, she, she like knows how to get them. She knows where to go. The guys see a 13-year-old girl. They go right to her. She gets all these guys' autographs. So we talked to Nora about collecting cards, about how she got into collecting, what she is in, what she likes. Uh, and it's a really fun article. Keep in mind, she's a 13-year-old kid, guys. So she's a little – She does. she's not like uh, – 
uh, going off on the mouth like like Drew and I talking and talking. We had I get, had to get her going, but once I got her going, she's really good. So please enjoy my interview with Nora Germain, thirteen year old correct collector from the San Mateo, California area. And now it's time for Collector's Corner. Let's hear from our collector this week. Introducing Drip Shop Live, a live online marketplace of sports cards and products from your favorite sellers. Discover giveaways, auctions, breaks, personal boxes, singles, and more right from your phone or desktop. On Drip Shop Live, you'll find hundreds of sellers live all the time. Give Drip Shop Live a try. For a limited time, save $15 off your first purchase of $20 or more. Try finding another break or card box that's that affordable. And shipping is always free on Drip Shop Live. Go to dripshop.live slash invite slash TTM or find the link in our description to get this exclusive offer. Well, guys, it's time for Collector's Corner. We have a very special collector this week. We're talking with Nora Germain. Nora is a 13-year-old eighth grader from San Mateo, California, and she plays softball and basketball. And we're not, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about cards with Nora. So welcome to the program, Nora. Thank you. Uh, just tell me a little about your collection and, and what you uh, what you're into. Um, so I collect a lot of um, mainly baseball, but I do basketball and football sometimes. And I've been collecting for probably like six years now and i just i have a bunch of cards i know what 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 type of cards do you have um do you get graded card do you have cards that you've got graded do you have uh vintage cards do you have new cards what just what kind of stuff are you into um i have mostly new my dad more likes old cards but i am mostly new and i have a couple graded cards but i usually don't send them in to get graded and i just have a bunch of like new cards from like 2015 and up now it's not like you have like 25 cards you have a pretty big collection don't you yeah so How many? i i have i i've never counted because there's like a bunch but <laughs> i would say i would say close to like ten thousand maybe mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah, wait, wait. I, the, maybe the question is, or is, do you have enough cards to drive your mother crazy? Uh, yeah. She has enough <laughs> car, uh, cards to buy a car. <laughs> it, it, it's funny. You know what? When I was, when I was your age, um, my mother would just yell at me and my brother because we always had cards all over the place. And then now obviously I got married and now my wife does the yelling. So, <laughs> but, uh, what team, what's, what are, what teams do you like? And what are some of your favorite players? So my main team is the Giants, but I was born in Tampa, so I like the Tampa Bay Rays too. And my favorite player on the Giants is probably, as of right now, um, probably like Brandon Crawford. I really like him a lot, and I met him a couple times. And maybe in like a month or so, it will be Aaron Judge. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Do you do you go to many Giants games, or have you been down to um, spring training at all? I've never been to spring training, which I really wish I could have. But I go to like probably like seven games a year, and I I always like go down to where the players are signing, and I get a bunch of autographs. What have you had? Pretty good luck getting autographs in person. Yeah, I get I get like probably up to like. 
10 each game, so that's, like, the most, but probably, like, a few each game. Yeah, your dad says that you have a knack of finding the place to get autographs. Is that, is that something that, that you've learned over time, or is that just something that yeah. came natural to you? Um, No, I've kind of just learned it because I've been to Oracle Park a lot, so I go down to, like, where the players are, and they always sign for kids if you yell their name. So I always just, like, yell their name, and I – like they just come over and sign. Have you started um, sending out autograph requests to the mail yet? Huh? Have you started sending out autograph requests through the mail yet? Um, I did it a couple times. My brother is actually really good at it. He's gotten like probably twenty, um, like signed from players. But I I tried it a couple times, but they never answered. Oh, that's not fair. But you have pretty good luck in person. What are some, what are some of the tips you can give uh, fellow autograph collectors to, to get autographs? Um, I mean, you always just have to be nice with the players. Like, and always, like, mostly, like, they always sign for kids. I'm not sure, like, for, like, adults. But I don't know. Like, you just, like, be nice to them and you, like, like you yell their name and stuff and you just have to have a passion do you have um a lot of friends your age that are into collecting and obey you know sometimes uh you you know you trade with, with your friends and stuff do you have a lot of friends that that are collecting as well um actually like not really because usually a lot of people like don't collect like they all like like sports and like watch them but there's not a lot of people that I know that actually like collect cards. Did you tell your friends that you were featured in the in Sports Collectors Daily and, and put uh, showed showed your article? Um. Yeah, I showed like a couple friends, but they thought it was like really cool. What um? Do you have any goals as collector? As a collector, are you working on any sets? Or are there any guys that you want to get their cards for, or any autographs that you really like to get? Um. Well, some goals I do have is, like, when I'm older, I hope I, like, never lose my passion for it. Like, I, I, I will always collect. And, like, also, like, when I'm older, I could, like, have enough money to, like, buy stuff. <laughs> and, and also, I really, like, my dream job is to, like, work in, like, the baseball industry. Like, maybe, like, on the Giants as, like, a coach or maybe, like, helping the players out or something like that. So yeah. Do you, I understand you? Uh, you like to go to card shows. What What are some of the um, car stuff that you've got at recent card shows? Um. So yeah, I go to card shows like almost every weekend, and I usually collect like rookies and like autographs. Like I don't do as much as like um unopened packs because like there's bad luck. But usually I just buy cards like of like new incoming players or like refractors or something that like I will know that it they're going to do better like later so right now it's cheap but it's will be more expensive sure how have the the dealers been dealing with you are they when you deal when you you deal with them do they think you're getting cards for your brother or your dad and they, they, they don't realize you're a collector well no I think they know everybody there is like a collector and like they always love like bargaining with me because like I'm a young like person and I'm a girl too. So it's like unique to them, but yeah, I like, I, I like bargaining and like getting cards. 
I understand you're pretty good at that. Mom, is she good yeah. at it? She's very good at it. She's a hustler. <laughs> she's uh, have, have, she's got do, talent. Do you sell cards as well, or are you just collecting right now? Um, I don't like when I know that um I bought it for a cheap price and it's like expensive right now, like at at the player's highest point. I do sometimes sell them, but like I like just like collecting it and keeping all my cards. How do you display them? Do you keep them in book in books, or do you put them in, on uh? in frames in your room or how, how do you you store your cards so i have this like big um i'm not it's kind of like a shelf but it's like closed and it's like locked and i put all my cards in there and then i just yeah i usually just put that there but like the memorabilia that i have i usually just like put all around my room do you have many uh, autographed baseballs or autographed pictures yeah i have like probably 20 to 25 autographed baseballs. And I sometimes get baseballs at a game. Like I think the highest I've gotten on a game is probably like four baseballs. And I like put them all in like a um, container, like on my wall. I'm not sure like what it's called, but yeah. And um, who, who would you like to get an autographed baseball? Is there somebody that you really like to get their autograph? Um, I mean, I feel like it would be amazing to get an autograph from like Shohei Otani or like Mike Trout. Those are like, I watch Shohei a lot because he's just like amazing, like just to watch. Like he'll hit two home runs and then the next day he'll pitch like with 10 strikeouts. Like I, I understand crazy. you played a, a rock, paper, scissors game that, 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 you, that you won something on. Tell us a little about that. So one time I was at a Warriors game and we were lucky enough to sit courtside like before the game and I made a huge sign because I saw it like on social media like rock paper scissors for your shoes so I made like a huge sign and it was like bright pink so the players would see it and we saw Damian Lee and he came out to like talk with his family but then he started running back to the like locker room and we yelled Damian and after he already looked he can't just like run off so he came over and he looked at the sign and he was like, oh, I might lose my shoes. So, <laughs> then, <laughs> so then we played rock, paper, scissors and I won. And then he took off his shoes and it was just so surreal because like that player is right in front of you and he's about to give you your shoe, his shoes. And so he took it off and he signed them too. And he just gave them to me, and I was just, like, so shocked. And me and my dad made a bet before the game that I, like, I would get a shoe, but he didn't think I was going to. So then when I got the shoe, he was, like, so surprised. Like, he was like, oh, my God. What, what, did, you do? what did you throw to win? Huh? What did you throw to win? Rock, paper, or scissors? How'd you, how'd you win? Um, I think I did scissors. And what he did, I don't he did really paper. remember. He did huh? paper. He did paper. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> See, you got to hustle there, mom. Yes, yeah. definitely. You did rock paper scissors with one of the baseball players and got his hat. He was. Yeah. I also yeah. I did it one more time at a baseball game and I got a player's hat too. Oh, who was it? Um, he was a pitcher on the Miami Marlins. I think he was like. Anthony 
Anthony something. I forgot his last name. Well, that, that's pretty cool. Now, um, your brother, you said your brother collects. Is he the one that got you in, interested in, in collecting it first? Yeah, because when he was younger, he always watched baseball games, and he was like, he loved sports. He collected cards and stuff. And I had, like, no reason to watch sports. Like, I didn't like it at all. And every single time, like, we were on the couch and stuff, he would, like, put on the games, and I would just put down my phone and watch it. So um, after I started watching it almost every day and I, like, saw all the cards that he had, I started to collect, too, because they – I always like go down to the shop and like get cards and i was like wow that's interesting so i started to like open packs and watch the games almost every day and i just got addicted like it's so fun to like open cards and to watch do you remember your first pack and who you any cards that you got oh um i remember it was like a tops like pack but I don't remember exactly what cards I got. Do you take part in any uh, breaks, any any box breaks or, or pack breaks or anything like that? Um, Not really, but I sometimes do watch them because it's like interesting to see what other people can pull. But I don't really like um take part in them. I'm addicted to TikTok and watching people opening packs on, on TikTok. <laughs> it's very yeah. uh, soothing, I guess. I don't know. I just I like watching people open packs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of you. <laughs> so, um, when it, there was, do you have a, a card that you really want to get to add to your collection? Is it something that that you're looking for when you go to your your next card show? Um, well, I don't really spend a lot. I just get like a bunch of like lower end cards that will probably be higher in like the future. But, like one autograph that I would love to have is like. I'm trying to get an Aaron Judge auto right now, but they're so expensive because it's I at know. its peak right now. And then, of course, like I said, like Shohei Otani, and like them, like them two are like the best that I would want. Well, I I know you play basketball because you got basketball practice. How's your basketball team this year? Um, it's okay because we had our first game yesterday and we lost. But I still did pretty good, so I'm happy about that. We're talking with Nora Germain. Nora is 13 years old. She's a collector. She's from San Mateo, California. She's in eighth grade. She plays softball and basketball. And uh, she's pretty. she's got a pretty big collection. Uh, and it's a valuable collection, too. Do you think you, uh, you'll ever sell any of your cards? Or are you just, you're going to hold on to them for life like I do? Um, I think... I might sell some of them in the future, but I'll, I'm definitely going to keep, like, mostly all of them. And I'm going to have, like, a, a room set aside just for cards and memorabilia. Very good. Mom, did you did you think that she would ever uh, be this big into collecting? No, actually, I didn't. When Jack was collecting baseball cards, she was collecting Pokemon. <laughs> so that was, uh, that's the card she was collecting. And then she just got into it and... Between her brother and her dad, it just took off and she became addicted to it. And it's wonderful to see. She's She knows stats. She knows all the players. She is very well educated in the baseball arena. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Well, Nora, I want to thank you so much for your time today. It was, it was a pleasure meeting you. Uh, is there anything you want, you'd like to add that we didn't talk about today? Um, I think I just want to say if 
you want to collect, you definitely should. It's so fun, and it I would give it a definitely thumbs up. Do you have uh, any a social media account that you use for collecting that fellow collectors might be able to reach out to you, Mom? Um, I do have a um Instagram on baseball. It's called I think baseball card seventeen on Instagram, and I like. Um, sometimes post my cards on there and stuff. Okay, it's baseball card seventeen. I'll make sure I follow you. And uh, you know, when you when you're when you're really famous, I'm gonna have to reach out to you to get your autograph. <laughs> thank you. All right, thank you for time today, Nora, Robin. Thank you very much for helping set this up. And I, I really appreciate. It. Nice meeting you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Okay, you yeah, too. Thank you. Well, Drew, that's what we need. We need more young kids. We need more yes. no, more uh, girls and women in, in the hobby. Uh, this hobby is for everybody. And if you go to a show, I mean, Drew and I were at the National in the summer, and there were so many kids, right? Families running mm -hmm. around, a lot, lot more women. And, and Nora is very passionate about collecting. So it was nice to hear from her. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest change that I've seen in the hobby here over, especially even in just the last, like, four years or so going back to like the 2018 national. But I mean, even if I go back to my first one in 1997, 1997 was a total bro fest in there. I mean, there was no, I mean, you were, it was 99.5% male collectors at that show. And now, I mean, the female collectors are still in the minority nowadays, but still, I mean, they're, they're a lot more than they were, you know, even just, even just four years ago compared to the 2018 national. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love talking to, people that are passionate about it. Well, we are passionate about collecting and Nora was one of them. So hopefully you enjoyed my interview with Nora Jermaine. Next up, Drew. Got fast forward football. I'm so ready to kill this stupid, stupid <laughs> segment. Time to hit that button. Fast forward football, guys. Drew and I are making our picks right now. Hit fast forward right now. <laughs> who, who, who invented this? I want to know. I, 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 I'm I'm bringing up for trial. Whoever invented this stupid, stupid segment. Don't look at me. I just went along with it. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit, yeah, not? yeah. All right. Well, once again, I lost two and three. I, you know, like every, it seems like every week, the teams I pick to win, they win, but they don't get the point spread kills me. <laughs> Drew just sits back and laughs. He was four and one again. My, our standings are three wins, seven losses, and three ties. So basically, guys, I have to sweep the rest of the year. I have to sweep the rest of the year. So, uh, so I have to. I don't have to give Drew more stamps. Let's just. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I should just learn. No, don't bet. Right, Drew. Yep. Yep. That's that's exactly it. <laughs> I know, but we had to make it interesting. So we'll we'll, we'll keep this going until the end of the year. We are not going to do playoffs. I promise you, we're not do. We're not picking the playoffs. All right, ready, Drew? Five games. Yep. The New York Jets with the with uh, White as their quarterback is they're going crazy, right? They they love them there. Against the Buffalo Bills, the Bills are giving nine and a half points. Um, all right, Drew, I'm going to take the Bills. All right, all right, I'm I'm going first because I got to win some of these weeks. Cool. All right, who do you like? I'm going to take the Jets. I mean, I think that nine and a half points is a bit wide of a spread right there. The Bills seem to have. I don't know. They've fallen off a little bit lately, so I'll, I'll take I'll hold my nose and take the Jets. All right, next, your Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson and the boys. Right, Deshaun Watson is leading you guys to victory, maybe. At the Cincinnati Bengals, Cincinnati is giving six and a half points. Drew, who do you like? 
Watson had to knock off the rust last week, so it was definitely there, but I think he bounces back nicely this week, and I'm going to take the Browns. All right, I will take Burrow in the Bengals. And, of course, the Bengals will win by four points. <laughs> Probably. All right, ready? My my boy, Tom Brady, I don't know if you saw him the other night against the Saints. Mm-hmm. They're down, yeah. what, 13 to three. And then the Saints decide to go, what? Let's go prevent defense for, for the rest of the year and, and get, yep. give Tom Brady as much time as he wants, throw the ball wherever he wants. And, of course, yep. Brady, Brady won another game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the 49ers. The 49ers are giving three and a half points. I mean, who's playing quarterback for the 49ers? Because Jimmy G's got hurt. Is right. back? Um, no, they don't have Lance back yet. It's, um, God, I'm trying to think. Is that Brock Purdy? Purdy. Brock Purdy, yes. Brock, yeah. Who, he's, I don't know. I, I, yeah. How, are the Bucks really that bad? I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to take the Buccaneers with Brady. I hate going to Buccaneers going against Brady who would, who would you like I'm gonna stick with my gut I was leaning toward the 49ers I mean I kind of forgot until just now that it was Brock Purdy at quarterback but yeah I'm gonna take the 49ers and probably regret it all right this is a good game this is probably the best game in terms of I think on the on the schedule I think in terms of entertainment right we have yeah. two and the Miami Dolphins are at Justin Herbert and the uh, LA Chargers the Chargers are getting three and a half points uh, I think the Chargers have some, got some of their wide receivers back, right? They got a couple of their wide receivers back, so. and I think this is going to be a competitive game. Drew, who do you like? I don't like the fact that Miami's having to travel west here. I mean, neutral site or in Miami, the, the uh, Dolphins take it all the way, but this is going to be a lot closer. I'm still going to stick with Miami, though. You are? Okay. All right. Since I have Justin Herbert in two of my fantasy leagues, my only two fantasy leagues, I'll take the Chargers. Needless to say, he has been disappointing as heck all year. (laughs) He's one of those guys. I don't know if he's got it. I really don't know. They, you know, he's, I think we talked about this last week. They, you know, he's one of the the golden boys of the hobby, but he hasn't shown me that he, he, you know, Joe Burrow and even tour, I think they're better than, than him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last game. Uh, This one you're going to pick because you do so well with them. We have the new England Patriots (laughs) at the Cardinals in Arizona, the Cardinals, are getting a point and a half, which amazes me that anyone would think the Patriots would be favored against anyone. But the Patriots at the Cardinals, the Cardinals are getting one and a half. It is Monday night. All eyes on Mac Jones. Who do you like? Oof. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> um, God. Yeah. I, oh, geez. It's kind of an agonizing one there. I'm going to, I'm, uh, that spread is too close. I'll take the Patriots, I think. All right, you take the Pats. I'll take the cards just because I need right. some, I need some differentiation here. Yeah. So I think we got we went different every game this week, which is good. So that means you'll go you'll go four and one. I'll go one and four and we can <laughs> I think this is the first yeah, this is the first week where we've had no overlaps. I know no overlaps. So it is what it is. All right, guys. So welcome back. Welcome back. We are done with fast forward football. Welcome back. We are done with football for the week. We'll we'll give our reports next week and see how bad I did. Hopefully, we, we guys make money. Guy, what's up next, Drew? Got more with less. Les Wolf, he is the best. Just let me give you a quick Les Wolf story. All right. So usually this is back back of back of the room stuff. Usually Les and I do a interview at four o'clock on Friday on Thursday night Thursday afternoon. 
we do four, we do four o'clock. We've done it for now for six months, as long as Les has been with the program, right? Four mm -hmm. o'clock, never changes. I send them the link like on Monday or Tuesday, four o'clock, Les, no problem. Then Drew and I record our radio show uh, at five o'clock and it's a, a, we've been doing a clockwork. I'm sitting there in my living room, Wednesday afternoon, four o'clock. I look, my, I get a notification on my phone. Somebody, Les, well, somebody has joined your meeting with Les. Like, what? <laughs> Les, what are you doing? This is Thursday, not this is Wednesday, not Thursday. Oh, man. He's <laughs> so funny. I love talking to Les. So this, this interview was recorded on Wednesday at instead of Thursday. And we talked to Les about what's going on the hobby. We talked to him about uh, all this, uh, all the things that he was at the um, Philly show and uh, he had a booth at the Philly show. We talked about that. We talked about Aaron judge signing with the Yankees. We talked about Fred McGriff. So please enjoy my interview with more from Le more with less. And now it's time for more from less with hobby legend, Les Wolf. All right, guys, it's my favorite time of the show. I get to talk to the man, the myth, the legend. I know he hates when I call him a legend. We're talking, of course, about Les Wolf. Hey, Les. Hey, Jeff, the touchdown maker, Baker. <laughs> Les, of course, has a great website, leswolfsportsllc.com, for all your autograph needs, all sorts of cool stuff. If you're looking for a special present or gift for somebody, your favorite collector, make sure you check that out. Les Wolf Sports LLC.com. We're going to talk to Les about a few things collecting wise. First, Les, I need your review from Philadelphia show. How was the Philly show? Um, it's the second time I've done it in the last few years. It should have been a lot better. Uh, I didn't do that much business. I mean, I, I, I can count on one hand the amount of sales I had. Um, but what I can say, what I did notice is a guy next to me. Had a bunch of these one of ones, like a Brady signed card and some tough cards, nice autographs and stuff. And, and I got to tell you, he, he must have made easily fifty to hundred thousand dollars in sales easily. Wow. I didn't come anywhere near that. And I think these shows are mainly the autograph dealers and collectors like myself. I mean, I think we're like a dying breed in these shows because everybody wants the new stuff, the new Tom Brady signed card or the limited edition card. You know, something, something like that, you know, that's got the old autographs on it. It, it was just crazy. Do you see you, know? you changing, do you see changing your inventory mix to kind of um, meet that or it's too late in the game? Um, to be honest with you, I mean, this guy that was next to me, I never saw him before. Um, his stepdad kind of funded him. I looked at his stuff in his showcases. If he didn't have a quarter million to half a million dollars worth of signed cards at his retail prices, he didn't have anything. And I'm lucky if I have, you know, take away the, the Lou Gehrig card. I'm lucky if I have maybe $50,000 worth of inventory. You know, I I always kind of catered to all different price ranges, mainly the lower end to the mid end price ranges. And it was just kind of baffling to me to see a guy like that with virtually no presence in the hobby, you know, does a few shows here and there that had some stupid, crazy, sick card signed. You know, was his, I, was his stuff authenticated and it was, those in, it was those encapsulated cards that have the signature that come, you know, you get in the pack and he buys them. Yeah. I mean, they were all slabbed and graded. It was just crazy. You know, uh, my son did the first time I ever had him do a show with me. My, my regular helper 
couldn't make it. And my son came and like, we were just baffled how this guy was just, you know, people coming up there with wads of hundred dollar bills. I mean, the, he bought a, a $12,000 card from a, from a kid that had Justin Hur uh, Jalen Hurts signed card. It was just crazy. So he was buying cards that people were selling, and then he was also selling a bunch. He was also selling. The only time I saw, the only time we saw him buy anything of any significance was that Jalen Hurts card. I mean, he was mainly selling, and he was selling a lot. Well, maybe yeah. after zig, maybe after zig a little and get to get a couple of those cards in your inventory. No. Well, let me put it to you this way: um, I would never do that because my 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 model in my business has always been and. And my and what I advise people is you don't want to spend you know fifty a hundred two hundred thousand dollars and have Jalen Hurts card signing you know and guys right, like it's that. so volatile you don't know he could he hasn't yeah. done anything yet well he could get hurt and that's the end of his career and you have twelve thousand dollars it's one card and you and you're shit out of luck so I you know I would never do that if I if I was going to spend quarter million a half a million dollars. I'd be looking to buy the Ruth, the Garrett Balls, you know, special rare stuff like that. That's what I'd be buying. I wouldn't be buying that newer stuff. Well, yeah, like I mean, less, less, your, I, stuff, your stuff is so nice. You have such cool stuff. You know, we talk about that, the Koufax jersey, and uh, you uh, you have so much cool stuff. It, it, uh, it's almost like going to a museum when I, when I look at your stuff sometimes, you know? Thank you. I mean, but I look at it this way. A couple of years ago, I Luka Doncic card sold for four point two million dollars. I mean, do I think he's worth money? I said, yeah, but is he worth four point two million dollars? No, I love watching him play. I think he's a great player. But like, like, like we just said before, if he breaks his ankle, if he, if he, if he hurts his knee, and he's never the same, four point two million dollars can become four hundred and twenty dollars or forty two dollars. You know, I know. How'd you like? How'd you like to be the guy that invested in Mac Jones? You know what I mean, Mac Jones. <laughs> <laughs> his career's not over yet i mean this he, 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 he's got a long way to go to climb to be respectability <laughs> well you also got to remember he also has two defensive-minded coaches being the offensive coach now no i know and, I, and, which is moronic i mean it's just belichick being cheap he should have just went out and tried to find the best offensive coordinator to take over for mcdaniels i know it doesn't make the whole thing doesn't make any sense they i mean they don't have the talent for one but the whole co they're getting beat week after week. Uh, they're getting out coached. No, it's true. I mean, I have the I have the Philly contract. My son said, "Are you going to do it?" I, I filled it out and I said to myself, "Do I want to do the same thing again?" You know, uh, for the amount of money I made, it wasn't great. I mean, I made a little bit of a profit, but is it worth all that effort? Right. You got to drive down this. You got to stay overnight. I mean, it was the only one. It was a two day show. It was three days, Friday. Three show. I mean, some people set up on Thursday. I could have set up on Thursday. So I set up Friday morning early. So it was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You leave at three. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big commitment. Are you going to, you have any more shows uh, scheduled for the rest of the year? And then what about Q1 for next year? What do you got uh, you on your calendar? The only schedule so far for next year is I hope, hopefully I'll do the boxing show and I'll do the national. I haven't scheduled anything else. And I and I'll probably end up doing the uh, the Hofstra show. Have you gone out to um, Houston or, or uh, Dallas or any of the other show, shows around the country? Or you just kind of I, would, I, I would really, I would really love to do the Dallas show. 
and I was investigating with my friend to drive there, but it's a killer drive. Yeah. And that's the only way I could probably get my stuff there. I know you have so much stuff and yeah, you know, you got to worry about it getting lost or stolen. I mean, I got 300 baseballs, a dozen fat loose leaf books, plus framed items and footballs and mini helmets and all other kind of stuff. I mean, the only way I only way it would be profitable to me is to drive, but that's that's expensive. You know, oh, you I know. drive like uh, 20 hours or something at least. And you got to well, go guys, to the country. Les Wolf has some of the nicest stuff you, you're going to ever find, including uh, it's a, lot, a lot of stuff is on his website. Go to leswolfsportsllc.com if you're looking for that unique piece of autograph memorabilia, cards, balls, whatever, pictures. Um, he's got it. You know, if you don't see it, send him an email because I bet if you, there's anyone out there you're looking for, he's got it. He's got Clemente. He's got DiMaggio. He's got Aaron Judge. He's got everybody. You you uh, you want something signed by a, a athlete in the last hundred years. He's got it. So uh, plus it's the holiday season. If anybody needs any great gifts, I'd love to help them. Yep. If you yeah, if you're looking for somebody and, and you know it doesn't have to be the Garrigan Ruth. He's got you you name it. I'm sure he's got a Jacob de Gromball sitting there sitting around somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm glad I got rid of all his stuff already. <laughs> so what do you let's talk about some free agent signings in the baseball. We got baseball meetings. Um First, what do you think of DeGrom leaving? That's a, that's a big one. I'm not surprised. Um, Steve Cohen's got all that money. And I got to tell you, I, I don't think that was a bad move by him by not signing him. Really? You think he's an injury risk? Well, look how many games he's pitched over the last few years. He's no, not, I know. I don't think it's a good sound investment. Even though I'm not a big Verlander fan, he, he is more durable, but he's 40 years old. You're paying these guys, you know, stupid money for like a three-year contract to a 40-year-old, you know? Do you think Verlander coming to the Mets will help him, his value in the long run, or it doesn't, he's already kind of be, peaked out and he's I, not, he's not going to increase until he goes in the hall? Well, let's think of, let's backtrack a little. He just won the Cy Young. Is he going to repeat again? Highly unlikely. So it's, he's got only one way to go now, and that's down. Yeah. Well, I mean, he'll go down, but then he'll come up back up when he gets elected, right? He's a Hall of Famer. Don't don't get me wrong. As long as they don't prove that he, he was doing something illegal with the baseballs. But, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Whether I think it was a good signing, no. You know, okay. if I were a team, I, I might have signed him for a year, maybe maybe two, but not, not two to three, which is the contract that he got. And yeah, then not at those numbers. Big, big bucks. How about, uh, you know, I, I have my uh, black armband on because Aaron Judge resigned with the Yankees, your Yankees. I was hoping he was going to San Francisco. Um, do you think that's a good move for him and for the Yankees? For the Yankees, you, you signed a guy for $40 million. Once again, $40 million for a nine-year contract. That means he's going to tell he's 40 years old. 40. I know. 40. I mean, they would they get out of uh, Stanton's contract? My uh, Giancarlo Stanton, who has is making all that money now at whatever he is 36, 37, 38. And there's no way he's earning that. Well, you got him, you got three bad contracts now him, him, and Cole and Stanton. And you got to get you still got to get rid of uh, uh, what's his name at third bit Donaldson. You got to get rid of him, and you got to you, you know it's not a bad country, but you got to get rid of uh, the other Aaron in the outfield. Yeah, 
Aaron Hicks, you got to get rid of him as well. Get rid of him also, but I don't know. I, I think that you know, I, financially and as far as the product, the Yankees had to sign uh, Judge to whatever he wanted. Um, I know. It, it's crazy. There's so much money being throw, thrown around. Trey Turner, Trey Turner getting all that money is unbelievable. Supposedly he left $40 million on the table the Padres offered him. Yeah, you know what? At that level, it's just like, okay, even how much money can you spend, you know? <laughs> you know, if I'm a baseball player, you know, I look at it, it's great for the rest of my family for the, for the rest of their lifetime, but in reality is how much money do you really need? No, I know. Well, I mean, Turner's no dummy, right? He, the pressure is still always going to be on uh, Harper. It's not going to be on him. Yeah, but he's, the, he's a damn good ball player, but is he he's a good ball player, league? but you know what? Quite honestly, I would have rather had Correa. I think Correa is a better player. But, I agree. But that's, that's not, you know, that's not how they, 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 they deal. They look at it. I know it's crazy. It's, it's oh. kind of interesting that the Padres wanted him to play short. What were they going to do with Tatis whenever he comes back? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that. I think they want to get out of Tatis, but they just signed him to like a 10 year contract yeah. or something, right? And they still have Machado at third. So yeah. I don't know. It's really crazy. Good. How about um, the Hall of Fame? We had a, we had a Hall of Fame uh, edition on uh, Tuesday, right? They had the, what are they, the, the most recent player, whatever they call this thing. Uh, it's crazy. Six, they bring 16 people in to vote after after all the, the writers and everyone didn't vote him in previously, so I'm not quite sure why. But anyway, so what do you think of Fred McGriff getting in, and uh, are you surprised that Bonds and A-Rod and Manny and and, uh, and even Schilling didn't, didn't even get a sniff? What I'm more surprised is a guy like Don Mattingly, who's yeah. Mr. Baseball, didn't get in, and I love Mattingly, don't get me wrong, and I don't understand why he's not in. Um, I'm not a big fan of the guys with the steroids and everything, but if you really look look at the statistics of Clemens and Bonds, when they actually played before steroids were prevalent, they were Hall of Fa- first bout Hall of Famous before all the crap got involved. You I know? agree. I'd let them both in. I'd let A Rod in too. I mean, you have you have you have Ricky Henderson and Mike Piazza that, that are already in the Hall of Fame. And you have the commissioner Bud Selig in all the fame. Why not let the other guys in? Right, and you can't you can't tell me David Ortiz was clean his whole career. No, I would agree with that also. So it's just it's kind of a, a hip, hypocritical, I think. But I mean, what do you think of McGriff? Did you th- do you think McGriff was a Hall of Famer? You know, that's kind of a loose that's a loose terminology now. Do I think they're a Hall of Famer? If you go back on the statistics, I, th- I think a number of years ago, I think there was 250 guys in the Hall of Fame. And I think I went over all the statistics, how many were elected as opposed to selected. And there was a big disparity of the numbers. And I, I think a lot of it, the guys that have gotten in, in the last few years, got in there mainly because state of who they know and what they know. I mean, you can't tell me that guys like Harold Baines and Fred McGriff and Ray Shark and guys like that, or Don Sutton, you know, all nice guys, all good, great ball players. But are they really Hall of Famers? If you, if I stick around and pitch in the major leagues for thirty-five years, and I win ten games a year, and win seven games a year, and I win three hundred, get three hundred wins, do I deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Right. Or if I get three thousand hits and I'm in the major leagues for thirty-five years, 
I pinch it uh, or I, I DH. <laughs> Do I deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? No, I don't think so. But they seem to be letting those guys in. I mean, if I were to get 500 home runs, you know, does that mean I'm automatically in the Hall of Fame? I mean, well, you know, it used, to, it used to be 3,000 and you were in, right? That was an automatic. And it used to be 500 home runs and you'd be in. Yeah. Well, Griff had 493. Uh, does that mean Carlos Delgado that had, I think, like 490-something? Does that mean he's getting in next? Yeah, it's crazy. Do you have you seen? Do you have any McGriff uh, signed memorabilia? I must have something. <laughs> you haven't you haven't raised the price that needs a Hall of Famer now. I think I probably sold it before. Have you? Uh, what did you sell at the in uh, at Philly? What did you? What did you? Um, what were people looking the, the, for? The biggest thing I sold, and I, I'm waiting to get paid, is a, a nice Roger Maris eight by ten PSA nice. encapsulated. How about any balls? Just on your balls? That I sold. I sold actually ten baseballs at the show. So it's not too bad for you. You know, my my son says, "What do you normally sell?" And he said, "Why are you bringing all these baseballs?" I said, "Bradley, because that's what people want." <laughs> people yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great people. Christmas gift, right? I'm sure you had people coming and looking for specific guys for for a holiday present. Well, what, what I did was I bought a bunch of Zach Wheelers years ago. When he was a Met, yeah, I had to buy a dozen, so I sold a, like three or four of them. I so I sold three at the show. That was my big sell. I sold a Chipper Jones Hall of Fame ball there. Sold a Mattingly ball. I think the guy thought Mattingly was getting an Hall of Fame. Harrison Bader, Joe Pepitone, Jerry Haston with his with his World Series championship Yankees. Ernie Banks, Tug McGraw, and three Zach three Zach Wheeler balls. Not bad. How, what, what did the Ernie Banks go for? That's a great one um 100 bucks not bad not not bad nice clean ball tug mcgraw i sold also so i sold two eight by tens the roger maris that was psa encapsulated it was signed to john the guy's name was john and i sold a joe sackick really hockey hockey player i sold yeah, he just players. got in he just got in the hall of fame yeah. i believe yeah so i sold those two and the rest were baseballs so how was the how was the crowd? How was the traffic at the show? It was crowded. <laughs> it was very crowded. That was a good sign. And it was also nice to see a lot of kids there with their fathers. That was definitely nice. Did you get any autographs when you were there? No. No. I no didn't. one was interested in you? No, no one really. Three, four, five, six, seven. I sold eight baseballs. Okay. Not bad. No. You got you got to get you. You got to get your son in there, hawking, hawking stuff, or get a pretty girl in the booth so they come by and <laughs> talk well, to you. He, that's not <coughs> that's not his mo. He's more of a laid back kind of kid. Um, oh, I know. I'm just I'm just kidding. No, that's fine. No, I appreciate it. You know, he was laid back. He, you know, it was his first real show that he that he's ever really set up with me. So it was nice. It was nice to have him around. Nice to hang out with him. Uh, does he, but, does he re- understand um, how popular sports memorabilia is? Well, he. You know, remember, he started out as a collector with me, you know, getting yeah. a baseball sign and stuff. He's been more catering, more going after the cards. I mean, I bought a big collection of autograph stuff, and this guy, this older gentleman, sent me a bunch of cards, and they were like Kobe Bryant's and stuff like that. And the problem with this guy's cards is nothing was encapsulated or graded, and most of them were off-center. They weren't the, the high-dollar cards. Yeah. 
So what Bradley had to do was he had to spend some good money and he, I just gave it to him. I paid like five hundred dollars for all this guy's cards, and he had to get them encapsulated and graded. So yeah, and that's not that's not cheap. No, it wasn't cheap. He sunk some good money into it. So he was trying. He he try, he puts a couple out to try to sell. He didn't sell any, but you know it's that's you know he has a good grasp of the business. He knows what he's doing, and you know I'd love for him to take over my business, but my kids aren't really that interested in it. I have the same problem. My son and daughter have no interest in my in car, all my cards. Well, that's that's basically the, this younger generation doesn't care anymore. It's not like it's not like you and I, where we have the love of the of the collecting. These kids, my son, both my kids. I think my oldest son more so. He still loves the hobby, loves the business and everything. You know, he's made some money selling here and there, and he had a bunch of cheaper cards that were five, ten dollars. And he said, Dad, why don't I just give it to one of these kids going by? I said, be my guest. I think that's a great idea. So he gave away some cards to some kids, which was nice. Yeah, that's always nice. And, and you said there were a lot of kids running around, which, which yeah, is there nice. Was, and... there, was more there was more kids at that show that, than I can remember in a long time. I mean, that is one possibility that I might do it again. But like I said, to sell two pictures and, and eight baseballs, 10 items at a show for uh, – from Friday at, at, at one to eight and then Saturday night, eight to eight to five and Sunday nine to eight to eight to three. I mean, is it really worth my, my time and effort? Honestly, not really. No, I know. But you never know. I mean, maybe someone will come back there and, and buy, buy some of my better stuff. So, you know, I don't know. Right. And I know you like going out and, and talking to the fans and talking to the customers and interacting and getting a sense of what's going on, uh, what people are looking for that. And you can't do that sitting in your office. Yeah, true. I mean, I had some people come over trying to sell me stuff, but the stuff that I saw, I didn't think was that great. I mean, and that some of the, you know, one of the, one of the kids were over some baseballs uh, and then, and the prices, these, you know, one guy had a, had uh, Albert Pujols, a nice signed baseball, another one, a nice signed photo. And their price is a six, six fifty. Where am I going with this stuff? Right. There's it, no it, margin it, in it. It's over retail. It, it just, it just baffles me. You know, if you're coming over to me to sell something, you got to realize that I have to make a profit too. You're not getting it authenticated. I have to do that also. So, you know, it's, it's the old catch 22. You know, I, I, I can't, I can't buy it. For, you know, I used to be like, I told my son, it's, it's interesting. I would set up at a show, like, like a Philly show like this. And if I wasn't doing well on my sales, I'd walk around and buy a bunch of things, some high-end stuff that I knew I could eventually sell. And I'd buy my way out of a show. Nowadays, you go around to a show. I mean, it used to be the time I walk around five, ten thousand $10,000 in my pocket. I could buy anything in that room. Now, five, ten thousand $10,000, I'd be lucky if I got one or two cards for that. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't, I'm better off waiting for people to send me their collections or I go visit them and buy them in person than, than going at a show anymore. Yeah. How'd you do any uh, TTMs come in last no, week? I'm still waiting on a few that I have left out there. I know you got, you got a bunch. I, I got, I did uh, 13 today. So we'll, some, some hockey stuff. Hopefully we'll, we'll see, see some hockey returns. Cause I love getting the hockey well, returns. Well, you're doing those sets. I'm not working on any sets now. <coughs> Actually, the only set I was working on was uh, some Indy 500 card sign. Yeah, I'm working on the 76 Tops uh, basketball set. That's when I just, I've just started. So that's, oh, that's actually, I, I did pick up something I bought out of auction. 
at a collects auction. I sold a bunch of stuff and I I I I I went for it. I bought a Kobe Bryant signed card. Oh, nice! And I'm auctioning, gonna have auctioned off by Hunt my 500 my second 500 home run card set, all encapsulated, and my second NBA 50 all encapsulated card set. So it's everybody that want, that was in the Hall of Fame for the NBA 50 and everybody for the 500 that that hit 500 home runs or more. That's where that, is that? That's a hunt auctions. It's going to come out at hunt's auctions. I don't know exactly when, but I think February. I think. All right. Well, I, when I, it comes up, we'll definitely promote it, guys. We're speaking with Les Wolf. Les Wolf, of course, is from Les Wolf Sports LLC.com. If you're looking for that special holiday gift, he's got it. If you don't see it on the site, send him an email because I'm sure he's got it in his in his office or his basement someplace because Les has more stuff than you know. He knows what to do with so. Get your uh, special gift for your special person, special sports fan. And, you know, when you buy it from Les, it's, you're getting the real thing. You don't have to worry about getting yeah, something. Thanks, Jeff. I also, by, the sell, by selling those two sets, I made a command decision that I'm going to try to complete an NBA 75 set. So now I started with the, uh, with the Kobe card. So now I got another 24 more guys to go for. See, that gives you something to collect. collect. Yeah, but but getting the LeBron and and those and those guys is gonna be expensive. No, I know, I know, but you'll you'll find a way. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find yeah, a really. way. It's not that easy anymore. Like I said, I you know I can't walk around the show anymore, and I can't look on eBay. The eBay prices are insane. I know. Les, what do you got? What do you have planned for the holidays? You're gonna be you staying around? Are your family gonna be with you? Probably gonna stay around and take it easy, and hopefully I have a lot of Christmas sales and Hanukkah sales to help people. Because that's what I enjoy. I mean, I post, I don't know if you saw, one, a, a woman friend of mine that's a dog trainer, she wanted a, a special med gift. So I said, I got something just for you. Her girlfriend was a big, big, big med fan. And she said, what do you have? So I have a 62 med ball. I have a couple left that was signed by Jay Hook with the, with the, the date of the first win because he's the winning pitcher. The first game the Mets ever pitched. Well, you, you can look online. I have the video up there where she, she was like almost speechless, you know, when she realized what it was, you know, that to me, you know, it wasn't a big sales, a hundred dollar baseball, but watching a woman's face and seeing her reaction and knowing that she's a Met collector and, and she likes this stuff was, was absolutely priceless. And that's, that's the essence of our business. And that's the best part of the business is seeing someone's reaction. Like, like if anybody out there, you know, does TTMs like Jeff does religiously, and you see Jeff's face just now before. I got 13 TTMs back. You see the enjoyment and the happiness in, in his face from collecting that and, and saving that. And everybody out there, just remember, this is still a hobby and it's still fun. Forget about the money that <clears throat> that card is worth or what the set is worth or whatever. Just enjoy it. And that's the, if, if there's only one takeaway you're ever going to get from Les Wolf, <clears throat> just enjoy what you collect and don't, don't look at it for the money aspect. Just enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, it's, you know, it's fun. It's a fun hobby. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if you saw her. I got a, um, a Gaylord Perry TTM return from the him. The day after I read that, I saw and, that. Uh, it is uh, Kevin Keating look, looked at it and said, no good. Thumbs down. Secret really? Secretarial. Did he say that? Yeah. Uh, oh, well. Oh, well, I can't win them all, right? <laughs> no, it was, it was a good story while it lasted. <laughs> yeah, no, it was fun. So you can't, you can't, you can't, they can't all be gems, but it was so fun to 
I, I opened it the day after it got, got it the day after he passed away and I was so excited and I was so disappointed yesterday when I found out that it was that it wasn't real. I guess it was, it was up on Sports Collectors uh, daily because I write the article, so they he posted it and somebody said, "Hey, that doesn't look good," and um, so then he sent it off to Kevin and PSA and PS Kevin showed it around to the, the crew and they said, "Nope, secretarial." Mm-hmm. So they can't all they they can't all be winners, right? No, I mean. <laughs> What I don't understand, and, and I'll never understand, is if you're not going to sign it, just return it. You don't have to ruin the card. No, I know. I, I agree, but it is what it is. Well, did you see the thing Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan had a big problem. He didn't sign. Uh, pens. Yeah. But they use the auto pen, and we'll, we'll see what see what happens with that. Greg Allman did the same thing. Yeah. Even when he did a book sign, he had a whole bunch of auto pens. Yeah, it's wrong. All right, buddy. Well, thank you. It was nice catching up with you. Uh, I'm glad you uh you, you did you had okay time in Philadelphia. I was thinking of you this weekend when when uh I, I saw some posts and I'm like, oh, I hope Les is having a good show. Guys, check out LesWolfSportsLLC.com. That's where you can get all your stuff. And Les and I have talked about this. When you give a gift like that, the person that you get that gift from, they remember where they got it from. I, I'm like I'm like Les. If I if I I look at a, an autograph card or autograph photo or something, nine times out of ten I can remember where I got that from, or who I traded it from, or who gave that to me. So it, it's the, an autograph gift gives a lasting impression and makes a great impression. Even you know as a business, that's like if you you got a business and you want to make impression to a business associate, get, think about giving some autograph piece of memorabilia because they'll remember you. Absolutely. And when are we doing our next? live show again where we can have people yeah we're gonna i think we'll do it after the first of the year we're we're gonna we're into holiday season now i think we'll we'll do one uh maybe second or third week in january we'll do another live show that's great i think we also should start contacting sirius because i think i think sirius should hire us to have a show on there because it's really needed we really need to have the show go national and international to really help us out there Drew and I are on Sports Map Radio, so we do have we do have a, a nationally syndicated show. But uh, I would lo- I'd like to be on Sirius as well. And anyone anyone that's out there that, that has any connections with Sirius, let us know. Funny you should ask. All right, you, well, you got to get a connection for us. Yeah, Randy Gordon, who the boxing guy, him and Jerry Cooney have a show. His producer. Send me his contact information, or you reach out to him, and I'll we'll, we'll follow up. I got to uh, I got to look that up right now as we're talking. All right, pal. All right, thank you, Les. I appreciate it. You have a a great week. I think we'll give I'll give you next week off, and then we'll we'll touch base before the holidays if that works for you. Absolutely, I love being on. The more the more the merrier. The more people we speak to, the more people we reach. Hopefully, we can help them better. Guys, All right, guys. I'm sending it to you right now. Thank you. Check out LesWolfSportsLLC.com. That's his website. All sorts of cool stuff. If the if you you let I'm going to challenge you to challenge Les because I bet if he has if you're looking for something he has it. He's got Jimmy Fox. He's got you name it. He's got it. That's one of the nicer things. I'm surprised I didn't get much interest at this show. Is an eight by ten sign of Jimmy Fox. I know it's beautiful. It's yeah, beautiful. Just- that's the, that's the best thing I bought out of a collection in a while. Yeah, that, that was a nice piece. I like that. I All right, bye. The contact information. Everybody listen now while we're just starting out. 
Well, we're on serious. You know, have a little harder time to get a hold of us, but <laughs> we'll, still, we'll still be happy to get back to you. All right, buddy. You have a good, good, good week, and I will talk to you. I'll talk to you in two weeks. All right. Sounds good. Stay well. Take care. Thanks. Bye. 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 Drew, I tell you, less is the best. You just serve it up. You, you just, you just give less like three, three words. Less. Okay, Fred McGriff. Bam, he's shot out of a can. Yep. <laughs> he's the best. So, Les, thank you very much for your time. Hopefully, you enjoyed my interview with Les Wolf. Next up is Making the Grade. Making the Grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. See how I dropped down there on a couple octaves? I got my nice. radio voice making the grade. Make <laughs> making the grade is uh summary what's been going on in the grading community. A lot of stuff going on there. We're getting near the end of the year. We have all, a lot of stuff to talk about. Just remember, our friends at CSG has extended their sale through the end of the year. 20% off all grading services, which is outstanding. Go to csgcards.com. CSG, great company. Make sure you check their uh check them out. If you've been sitting on the sideline waiting to get cards graded. Now's the time, guys. It's, you know, they're, they're not, I don't think they're going to extend this uh, after the first of the year. So give CSG a try. 20% off all grading. Go to csgcards.com. Another uh, similarly named yet different uh, card grading company out there, SGC, in the news this week. They have partnered with PWCC. So anybody who's interested in getting their cards graded and sold all together very quickly, you can do that through them. Dealers can get cards sold via PWCC's site. Get graded and sold about $20 a card and about a 10-day turnaround on there. So if you're interested in doing something like that, check them out. That sounds like a pretty nice deal right there. Guys, I, I spoke to the president of the company. The company's called the Grading Authority. It's TGA, tgacards.com. And they're offering, this is a TTM cast exclusive, guys, 15% off uh, their grade, all their grading. And the grading starts at like 16 bucks a grade a card, and they turn around in about 30 days. So you can save 15% off. Go to tgacards.com. We're going to have the president of uh, tja on next week and we're gonna have george scott uh the third on who's son of, of uh the boomer late george scott we're gonna talk to him them about tga and what what they offer and we have a great raffle for you guys next week we have we're going to be giving away three cards graded by tga not one card we got three 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 card sets to be given away we're going to give those we're going to raffle those off next week so give it check it out tgacards.com 15 percent off all uh their grading and you just use the code ttmcast you may remember arena club that we mentioned a couple weeks couple months ago it's the new grading company that's backed by derek jeter well they have uh three months after their launch they've already picked up 10 million dollars in series a funding so uh they're trying to make themselves into a big player there very quickly. And I mean, when you have a name like Derek Jeter to attach to it and that kind of money to it, that's a nice foothold to start off with. So check out Arena Club there as well. Yeah, I agree. We'll get some grading numbers for November. I think we gave them out last week, but we'll give them out one more time. All right. PSA graded 994,000 cards. They were down 5%. CSG graded 133,000 cards, which is awesome for them. They were down 2%. SGC graded 70,000 cards and they were down 13% and Beckett graded 50,000 cards. They were down 3%. This is for November. So there were two, day, two days. Most of them were closed uh, for Friday uh, for Thanksgiving and the Friday after Thanksgiving. So um, the numbers were down a little, but still what was that? What, what a million plus a million, 
one and a quarter million right there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of million. cards being graded, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, Drew, that wraps up making the grade. Next up is the TTM Cast Stamp Approval for the week. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM Cast Stamp of Approval. Well, Drew, I think I'll do mine first because yours is really exciting. Cool. Uh, and, and please chime in because I know you have some, some, some stuff to talk about on, on mine. Um, I got a bunch of cards from a guy free on Facebook Marketplace. I, it was probably like 20 boxes of, uh, of 800, count, 800 count cards. And he just, you know, he just didn't want them anymore. So I saw him, he lived in my town. I went and got him. And I had had a chance to really go through all of them. And uh, I don't know, the other day I was watching the World Cup and I uh, sit, sitting there, I was like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll look through a couple of boxes. So I pulled up one of the boxes and it had all these Metal Universe cards, which I didn't even know about. 1998 Metal Universe cards, basketball and um, and baseball, tons of them. So I went through them and the, I, I sent out probably 15 or 20 to get signed. They are really nice cards. 1998 Metal Universe cards. They're really, um, they're really cool looking cards. They have uh, you know, cut out of the guy, and then the background is something to do with whatever city they play in, and uh, they're really nice cards. And I know Aaron, your buddy Aaron, has been collecting them. Yeah, he has. He's been trying to get as many as signed as he can from all those sets, and they come out pretty good. I mean, there's a few. Uh, one of the years they did it for I think five years, it was '96 to 2000, I believe. And I know one of the years it's a little bit rough on the front, so I've gotten like a couple of those signed on the back myself. But if you get the ones that are nice and smooth there on the front, those come out real nice. Yeah, I missed these. These did not hit my radar. I don't know why. And, you know, I don't remember them uh, coming out. And I know in the the 90s, it's junk era stuff, right? There's no value to them. I, I was looking them up on eBay and they're all worth, you know, they're worth a, a couple bucks. And, you know, I, I think the Jordan card is the most expensive one, but all the other ones, they're all, they're just worth a couple bucks, but they're all, you know, superstars, especially the basketball. I got every superstar you want. I got you know, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe. I got all, I got all of them. So, yeah. uh, I sent out a, uh, a few baseball ones. I let the Bill, Billy Taylor, who was the closer for the Oakland A's. I, I sent him out. Um, I forget who else I sent out. Uh, oh, uh, Charles Nagy, I think, and Wilson Alvarez. And some of these guys that, that are kind of signers, you know, so mm-hmm. hopefully we'll, I get those back, but I'll, I'll keep you posted. But that my uh, TTM Castillo for approval goes to the, the metal universe cards from the nineties. Uh, and they had also, they also had the subset where the, the guys were drawn like superheroes. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I got the I got Derek Jeter. I got a bunch of guys that Mo Vaughn. I got a, a bunch of those guys as well. So it's kind of cool. I think now that I think of it, um, I think SB Nation Sports Cards for Insane People may have done a uh, a piece on that set. I don't remember now. They've done them on a whole bunch of different uh, sets there, but that seems like it may have been one of them that was up there. I'll have to look again. Yeah, let me know. Send me the link again. Yeah. Uh, Metal Universe cards. I got a bunch of baseball and foot uh, baseball and. Uh, and uh, basketball, I think there's football as well. I didn't, I don't have any yes. football ones. There may be a hockey set, I think, but yeah, there's yeah, cool. All right, that's All my right. TKM cast stamp approval. What's yours? All right, my my stamp approval for the week goes to, I guess I could say to uh, music streaming services because uh, thanks to the easy existence of getting on those, my band finally has a song out that people can hear. Trumpets, fanfare, yay! Yep. A few months ago, uh, we got together and recorded in our uh, guitarist slash lead singer's living room. We literally just uh, set the drum set up in there, mic'd it all up, and started recording off there and added in the uh, guitar and bass and vocals and everything. And our first song, available now on everywhere that you listen to music, it's on Spotify. 
Amazon Music. We've got it on YouTube. It's everywhere. But if you look for the name of the band is Beethoven's Bastards. And the song is called Little Help, L-I apostrophe L, Help. And I play drums on that song and you can hear my drum parts on there and everything. But yeah, it's, I think I like I like the song a lot. I think it's really good. So uh, make sure you go and check it out, uh, download it, buy it, whatever you want to do. Give it a listen. But it's called Little Help. We're Beethoven's Bastards and you can hear me drum on it. Cool. Guys, we're going to have a uh, sneak peek. We're going to play the whole song next week on uh, our TTM cast and approval on the show. So you can, you can hear it next week. And uh, I look forward to hearing it. Drew, Drew just sent me the song. I'm going to I'm gonna play it when we're done with our interview and uh, congratulations. It's very exciting. Thanks. Yeah. This is my uh, second band. Now I've had stuff on uh, out there with. Well, that's neat. well, that wraps up TTM cast stamp of approval. Next up is the Vern rap minute. Well, Drew, the Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap, who passed away prior to me sending out a TTM request. We do this as a service to our fellow TTMers to let people know who passed away in the world of sports and celebrity and sometimes politics. But we had, we had a few people pass away this week. We lost Harrison Gray. And you can sit there, Harrison Gray, who's he? Well, you know what? Harrison Gray played one game as goalie for the Detroit Red Wings versus the Montreal Canadiens in November 28, 1963. He played 40 minutes. He allowed five goals. He came in for the injured Cherry Sauce Chuck. He lost the game. He lost the game seven to three, and we never saw Harrison again. He was he played in the minor leagues and never made the NHL. But Harrison passed away. He was 80 years old. Uh, we lost another former uh, Detroit Red Wing this week, Kevin Shamahorn. Played right wing for the Red Wings and the Kings from 1976 to 1980. And that's an era that I'm not super familiar with, but a name that I definitely, unfortunately, don't remember, remember at all in there. Uh, his last TTM was in 2020, so he did sign at least a little bit there during his, during his career and afterward. Kevin Shamahorn was 66 years old. We lost Edward Lear. Edward was um, played 16 games uh, for two seasons with uh, Chicago from 1948 and 19. 49. He was 95 years old. His last TTM was 2019. Lost to Auburn cornerback uh, John McGeever. He also played with Denver and Miami in uh, the pro levels. 1962 to 66, he was with them. Played 67 games with 11 interceptions, so an interception every six games approximately. Last TTM around 2019, John McGeever was 83 years old. We lost Steve Jensen. I remember Steve. Steve was a left winger. He played for the North Stars and the Kings. He scored 113 goals during his career. He had 107 assists. He played seven seasons from 1977 to 1982. He uh, was a, he did sign some TTMs. His last TTM was 2021. Steve Jensen was 67 years old. Oh, we lost Mills Lane this week. You may remember him as being a boxing referee. He's in the Boxing Hall of Fame as well for that. Had his TV show, Judge Mills Lane, there during his uh, post-refereeing career. Most famously, he was the referee of the Mike Tyson and Holyfield bout where uh, Tyson bit off part of Holyfield's ear. Mills Lane did TTM for a little bit. He was uh, last signed around 2011 or so. He was 85 years old. Yeah, in the world of uh, celebrity, we lost Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley, of course, played uh, on Cheers, and she was on Veronica's. Veronica's Closet. She was in Look Who's Talking, the movies with John Travolta. Uh, she passed away. She had cancer. She was 71 years old. Uh, we also lost Bob McGrath this week. Bob was uh, 
one of the neighborhood uh, members there on Sesame Street for 45 years. He was the musician there who's always uh, he's always playing the piano and leading a lot of the songs and everything. Uh, Bob McGrath was 90 years old. Well, Drew, that wraps up for the Burn Rot Minute. We are sorry for your loss. Sympathy goes out to you and friends and family. We're sorry for anyone that lost anyone this week. Uh, next up, Drew, we're going to talk a little TTM Returns. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM Returns. Well, Drew, you lagged behind, you lagged behind a little this week. I, I, I'm Drew Pelto-like. Yeah, it was uh, it's kind of slowing back down again here, but... Uh... Sent out a few more and everything, so we'll see if those come back. And, you know, I mentioned all those rookie cards I bought, so those are going to go in the mail here. Might wait till after the new year for those, but, yeah, we'll be getting some out. Well, why don't you give yours first, and then I'll do mine. Yeah, um, I did mention last week that I probably had Mark coming in. I did indeed get them on a Saturday afternoon. Just an FYI for anybody who's going to send out to those guys, Mike Babb appears to be signing three items per request. Mark Carrier is a two per now. So, uh, yeah, limit what you're sending to them. That's all they're going to be doing for you. But uh, – in she is in let's see which year was this one this is the 2021 allen and ginter set and you may recognize that name because she is the first female general manager in baseball she is the gm of the miami marlins and so she signs through the team address there i think it took about maybe a two-week turnaround on that so grab the uh, allen ginter card send it off and she'll sign it for you very cool i know you love those allen ginters Absolutely. There's so many just, I mean, different things you can find in there, whether it's, I mean, you know, sometimes people from baseball, sometimes it's not. So uh, yeah, you never know what you're going to get in that set. And I haven't checked out the 2022 set yet, but I'm sure it's going to have some, uh, some fun names in there to send to. Sure. Well, I got a, bu- I got a bunch of returns this week. Um, you know, I, was, I don't know, eight or 10. So we'll run, run down quickly. I got um, Brian prop who played for the Bruins and the Philadelphia flyers. And who else did he play for drew? We a couple other teams, right? Ah, uh, let's see here. Flyers, North Stars, um, Whalers, maybe a couple others in there, but those are the, those are the three that I always come up with real quick. Yeah, he I sent he he sent um on my pro one of my pro a pro set card that I had sent them, and he also sent me a, an upper deck card. Pretty quick turnaround, so I was happy with that. I got uh, Anthony Volpe, who was the is a uh, number one rated prospect in the Yankees system, shortstop, and I sent him his, uh, the Bowman card, but he's not. He doesn't, isn't they're not signing any cards that sent. He sent a, um, a leaf card, a leaf draft pick card. Um, and it's nice. It, it was a nice, you know, it's, it was a nice signature. I'm glad I got him. I got Terry Schmidt who played for the, um, bears, the Chicago bears on his 83 tops card. He signed it in a blue Sharpie. He was a cornerback. I got him. I got, um, two cards from Harry Carson. Harry Carson played for the uh, Giants, and he was a he's a Pro Bowler. He is a nighttime Pro Bowler. He's a Hall of Famer. He signed his '83 and '84 tops card. He signed it in uh, like a gold sharpie. Came out really nice. Really, I saw really nice that. Card. Yeah, that really was cool. So I got. I'm very happy with that. I got two cards from Ray Childress. Ray Childress, of course, played defensive end for the Houston Oilers. Is he a Hall of Famer? Uh, he's not, but I think he, he should be under consideration a lot more than he is. I think so, too. But he signed his 86 and 87 tops card, put his number on it. And uh, I think his 86 card is his rookie card. So I was kind of happy to get that. I got Eddie Brown. Eddie Brown, of course, is an all-pro wide receiver. He signed his 1989 tops card and his 1,000-yard card uh, from that year. So I sent that. That one took probably like, I don't know, two months to come back. 
So I was happy. I was very happy to get that. I got Gene Richards, who was an outfielder for the Padres. He signed his 84 flair and 82 tops card for me in, in, in pen, but it was okay. Nice to get that back. And then I got Campy Russell. Campy Russell played for the Cleveland Cavaliers, one of Drew's guys. I got him on a 76 tops basketball nice. card, his tall boy card. Uh, that one took probably about a month, I would think. So uh, those are all my returns. And then this is a wah, wah, wah one, right? So uh, we I, we talked about yeah, my Gaylord Perry uh, return last week, and I put it out on uh, Sports Collectors Daily, and, and they put it out on um, Twitter and stuff. And somebody came back and said, I don't think that's real. And I said, that's fine. I, you know, it's, it, it's, it's something you know, that, that comes with the, the territory, right, Drew? We don't know. Mm-hmm. That we, mm-hmm. we never, ever, 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 we're not experts. We don't say if it's real or not. We can look at it and say, yeah, it looks okay. And I, you looked at Gaylord Perry, Drew, you looked at it. It looked good. It did. Yeah, nothing really stood out to me at first on first glance. I mean, afterward, I could see, okay, yeah, I can see why they would say so. But yeah, I mean, whoever, if it's not real, whoever did it, whoever did it, did a pretty good job with it. Right. Well, it's, um, you know, we sent Kevin, um, uh, Rich Miller from Sports Collectors Daily sent it off to PSA to Kevin Keating just to, to get his opinion on it. And Kevin passed it around to his team and they gave it the thumbs down. They said it was a secretarial. And I, re- I really respect Kevin. And, uh, you know, again, Drew and I, uh, when we when we post our returns, we just do it as a as a service to all our fellow collectors. Say, hey, these guys are signing. We never say it's real. We're not selling them. If we, if I ever sold anything, I would authenticate it before I sold it. And uh, I've never sold anything anyway, but um, you know, it, sometimes it's real to us, right, Drew? <laughs> yeah. Yep. You never know. So, but, but evidently I got the Gaylord Perry card back the day after he passed. It was a great story. I was very thrilled to get it. Um, unfortunately it was signed by a secretary or his wife. We don't really know. There's some rumors out there that he hasn't been signing TTM for a couple of years now. And I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. If I was aware of that, I probably wouldn't have sent it off in the first place. I just saw that I saw that card flipping through and I said, Oh, you know what? I would really like to get that signed by Perry. So that, you know, I sent off a 68 tops card. It is signed is not signed by Gaylord Perry. As far as we can tell, uh, only Gaylord Perry would really know in the per or the person that signed it. Right. Those are the only two people that would know for sure. So, um, you know, it's, it's lesson learned and, you know, we appreciate it. If you see something that's not, that you don't like, that's not real, or you see somebody that's not, uh, that that's ghost signing, let us know. I'm sure, you know, I, I have thousands of cards in my collection. Drew, I'm sure you do too. And I bet, uh, you know, 1% of them, 2%, I don't know what the percentages are, are probably not real, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're sitting there on 10,000 cards and even 1% are real, that's still a thousand cards in there that are not good signatures. And some of them are really obvious. I mean, like uh, when Alfredo Griffin was having a ghost signer for a while, it was pretty obvious that his weren't any good. The infamous Mike Madonna signatures for a long time when he was playing were absolutely no good. And even with that, I was at a table at the National looking through some hockey autographs. And I had to point out to them and said, hey, uh, these Madonna's here, no good. Compare the M in that one to the M in that one. The pointed M is his real one. That curved M is not. And they're like, cool, we'll take him out. And so they took him right out of the binder there and chucked him in the back. Right. And then guys like Joe Coleman, we know his, his wife's been signing Don Zimmer for a long time. His wife was signing. We know, you know, that I know I'm um, just talking with Kevin Keating for one. Um, Joe DiMaggio's sister used to sign his oh, stuff wow. through the mail. So, you know, there's a lot, a lot of stuff out there. I know Ted Williams stuff, a lot of stuff that was signed through the clubhouse. Ted Williams, the clubhouse guy would sign it. So, yep. 
you know, that that's been going on forever. You know, I, you know, I want to, I would say even back to the Beirut days that the clubhouse boy would, would sign and, and they, they would give the, the, the guy 10 bucks to sign and all sign in the, their, their mail or whatever. So TTM is what it is. It's, it's through the mail and it's not like, uh, we, you know, you get it, get it in person. I've seen people, uh, get in-person autographs, get, get, um, not past PSA. And mm-hmm. so, you know, take it for what it is. Um, you know, if you're buying something that's not that you didn't get and you want to make sure it's certain, make sure get it, make sure it's 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 authorized, right? PSA does it and Beckett does it. There's a couple other companies out there. I think GSA will will certify stuff as well. So we take it with a grain of salt. I'm, you know, I, I can't say I wasn't uh, disappointed that my Gaylord Perry wasn't real, but it's part of part of uh, TTM, right, Drew? Uh, I mean, even the authentication is an inexact science, but. I'd rather have it than not have it if I'm dealing with something on a high end. Yeah, no, I agree. And I've seen some of the stuff that gets authenticated and I look at it and I'm like, there's no way that's real. Yeah. <laughs> so you never know. Well, that wraps up returns of the week. I've got, I said, I sent out, um, I think 25 this week. So I got, I got a bunch out. I am, I think I'm not, I think I'm done for the year now in terms of sending new ones out. I don't really like to send out during Christmas and New Year's. Um, historically it's not it hasn't been a great time of returns but um you know i'll get back at it after the first of the year how about you yeah i mean i sent out about 20 or so this week i might do a few more because i've got some that are stamped and packaged and ready to go i just need to write the letters for and i might do those ones but that's about it i've got i've got stamps sent out like 25 more after that i'll probably just sit on those until after the first of the year and that's when i'll get all those rookies out cool all right I just don't want to get anything that. bent up and I just don't want to get anything bent up in my mailbox like I have been the last two. I weeks, know you need so. a bigger mailbox box or or go go see your mailman and give him 20 bucks and say, hey, make sure nothing gets bent. Right. All right, buddy. Thank you. That wraps up returns. Next up, we'll have my weekly TTM cast interview. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, CSGcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. Well, Drew, this guy's an, uh, he is an answer to a trivia question. He started the very last game for the Washington Senators and the very first game for the Texas Rangers, which is kind of cool. We're talking, of course, about Dick Bossman. Dick Bossman was a pitcher in the major leagues from 1966 to 1976. He played for the Washington Senators, the Texas Rangers, the Cleveland Indians, and the Oakland A's. And we can say Indians because that's who we played for. He pitched a no, he pitched a no hitter in 1974 for the Indians. And, and interestingly, he would have pitched a perfect game, but in the fourth inning, he he there was a little bunt, squibber bunt, you know, squibber down the third base line uh, that Sal Bando hit, and he picked it up and he and he, he pulled the first baseman off the off the uh, the bag, so he, it was an error. So he did pitch a no hitter against the Oakland A's, which they were, I think they were the champions in 74. And that that's pretty cool. He ended up playing with the Oakland A's after that. He, uh, we talked to him about his career. We talked to him about playing for Ted Williams and talked to him about signing autographs. And it's a really fun interview. So please enjoy my interview with Dick Bosman. But first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. Enter to win one of the most coveted rookie cards in basketball. CSG is giving away a 2003-2004 Topps Chrome LeBron James rookie card, graded a CSG Gen Mint 10. Here's your chance to add one of the greatest players to your collection. To enter, visit csgcards.com today for your favorite current player for your PC 
CSG has got you covered. Learn more about all CSG has to offer at csgcards.com. Joining the show from his home in Florida is Dick Bossman. Dick played 11 seasons in the major leagues from 1966 to 1976 with the Washington Senators, Texas Rangers, Cleveland Indians, and Oakland A's. He led the AL and ERA in 1969, and he pitched a no-hitter in 1974. Welcome to the program, Mr. Dick Bosman. Well, Dick, thank you for joining us today. You know what, just looking over your career and, and, and all the things that you accomplished, uh, and, you know, later becoming a, a coach. Is there anyone that really mentored you as a young player that kind of put you on the right path as, as a young player coming up uh, through the minors and in, in early majors? Well, you know, there, there were a number of guys, of course, that were that were really kind of babysitters at the beginning. Al Kupski with Pittsburgh in my rookie season uh, certainly stood out as a very positive, patient man. Uh, Billy Klaus, his first year of managing in the Washington organization, uh, was, was tremendously supportive of me. When I was over my head in Double A, they had to put me there, I guess, when they when they picked me up from the Giants. But you know, I was I was certainly over my head the first half of that season, and he he stayed with me. He was always supportive, never negative, and uh, it meant a lot to me going forward as far as. Uh, Keeping my head up, it was my third organization in three years, and uh, you know I chose to believe everybody wanted me, and not that nobody wanted me. So um, that was kind of the first two guys that come to mind right away. And I know you played for uh, a bunch of Hall of Famers, including Gil Hodges and Ted Williams and Whitey Herzog and Frank Man- Robinson in the majors. Uh, I understand Ted Williams had, had a, a big effect on you as a coach or a manager. Ted, Ted talked to me about the mental side of pitching from the first day of spring training uh, in 1969 when he first got there, and he had a huge impact on me because I was just a kid trying to get by. I didn't have a very good year the year before with an admittedly bad ball club, but I didn't pitch well either. And, you know, the things that he said to me had a huge impact, and I put them into use immediately. And, you know, they they really kind of manifested themselves pretty quickly as well. What are some of the things that he uh, conveyed to you as a young uh, young pitcher? Well, you know, Jeff, I, I think mainly, mainly he taught me how to pitch backwards. He taught me I wasn't an overpowering kind of guy. I knew that. I didn't try and overdo things by trying to overthrow a fastball. But I had a good slider. I always had a good slider. Hell, my dad taught me that when I was, 10, 11 years old, and I refined it over the years to, to different speeds, different breaks, different shapes to it, and um, he basically taught me how to pitch backwards. In other words, you're going to start out a guy soft, and you're going to finish him hard, and, you know, what kind of a hitter is he, what's he trying to do, and what can you do to maximize your your best pitches in the right sequence to get this guy out. Pitching was a little different back in the 60s and 70s because as a starter, you had to face guys three or four times, not like today where these guys only face a, a player twice, maybe, right? Maybe. So it was a kind of a different way of pitching, no? It was a way different kind of pitching because, you know, the smart guys, you know, the Killebrews, Mantles, uh, <coughs> Frank Robinson, Brooks Robinson, that whole bunch in Baltimore when I first came up, 
you know, they weren't they weren't really good hitters because they were stupid. They knew what you were trying to do to them, and you know that cat and mouse game was what I thrived on. I lived it. I loved it. Uh, I think I missed it just as much as anything when I retired. Was the competition of figuring out how to outsmart a guy, out locate a guy, to get him out. Yeah, because I mean, you weren't you didn't throw a ninety-five mile an hour fastball, so you had to re- rely on location, correct? Pretty much all of that, and like I say, I, I realized my limitations early on, and um, you know, that's just if I was going to win, if I was going to be effective, that's the style of pitching I had to have. Do you re- do you remember anything about your uh, major league debut in Fenway Park in '66? Yeah, I, I remember Hodges telling me the day before that I was starting the next day, which was a smart move on his part. Uh, it didn't give me that much time to get nervous, although I certainly was. And you know, I remember I remember warming up in that bullpen with the fans right breathing right down your neck. And I remember walking in from the bullpen with George Susie, our bullpen catcher, who I love dearly, and. I remember saying, please, Lord, let me get somebody out. (laughs) And, you know, I get in there and, you know, the game gets going. And the third or fourth inning, I'm like, I think I might be able to do this. And, you know, it kind of went on from there. You know, I ended up going seven plus, whatever it was. And, you know, uh, it was just. It was a manifestation of certain things that I thought I could do and other things that I wasn't sure I could do but did do. And, um, you know, I I certainly wasn't ready to be there. They didn't have much pitching, and Hodges told me in spring training, you know, have a good 30 days in York, Pennsylvania, and I'll get you up here. And I had a good 30 days, and he got me there. But, you know, I wasn't ready for that, but it certainly gave me a lot, a lot of ammunition and thoughts to to take back to York that, that later that year and and work on certain things that I needed to do to make sure when I got back to the big leagues I was going to stay there. How was the crowd during in that time? Because I know the Red Sox weren't drawing a lot in '66. They weren't a very good team either. Uh, and were you intimidated by uh, the Green Monster kind of right right there over your shoulder? No, I, I I can't say that I was because you know I knew that if I could make my pitches I wasn't going to give those right-handed hitters an opportunity to pull the ball. You know, I was going to pitch them away. Uh, If I was coming in, it was off the plate, which I did. And, you know, if they were going to put the ball in play, for the most part, they were going to hit the ball to center field where I had Del Unser camped out there and, uh, you know, the right fielder. So, you know, I took away a lot of their, their power by doing that. And you played with some pretty um, mediocre teams, let's say mediocre teams in, in Washington. And uh, near the end, was there uh, any indication that you guys were going to be moving somewhere? Uh, you know, because I know you pitched the last game for the set, for the Senators. Was was there any indication that you guys were, were leaving Washington back then? There was. You know, we played an exhibition game in Arlington on the way north that year. And, you know, that that was enough fuel for the riders to start up that rumor mill. And then, of course, during the summer, you know, Short was making overtures to the ownership to get out of there. And, um, yeah, that wasn't a complete shock. I mean, when reality hits you, um, you know, it's still, 
that still, you know, me and Frank Howard especially, you know, were very disappointed by all that because, you know, we we had our some of our best years there. And I had we both had business interests there. We had tons of friends there, and my wife and I, Pam, got we got married in in Northern Virginia. Her, that's where I met her, and uh, just a lot of memories and just a lot of things that. You know, if your first major league ball club, you know, brings for you. And what was um? Did you save anything uh, from that that final game? You knew that was going to be the final game in Washington. Did you save anything special from that? Uh no, just the memories. Just the memories. You know, we weren't. You know, we we weren't. I guess smart enough, whatever, to take our uniforms or whatever. Hell, they took the uniforms to Texas and <laughs> they just put. Rangers on the front for a while before a while they made up the new uniforms. You can imagine playing in flannels down there in Texas. That was a real treat too. Yeah, I was going to ask you if the the uh, heat affected you at all in Texas because it's so hot in Texas in in the summer. And you know, being in, being uh, an East Coast East Coast guy, and you were Midwestern Westerner, was the heat affecting you at all when you uh, moved to Texas? Well, I, I think it probably did subconsciously. I don't think it was something that we made. A big deal, although, although you know, I was a player rep there, and you know, we we talked to the league office about changing game times to night games that they had scheduled four day games, which they did, because uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you can imagine one o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday afternoon in Arlington, you know, it was, it was a bit Brutal. toasty out there. Yeah. Now you got you got traded to Cleveland uh, in 1973. Uh, what was that like for you? Because you were in, you were only with one uh, organization basically your your whole major league t- career. Was that difficult for you to get traded? It was tough. I say it was tough. I should have seen it coming. You know, Whitey and I got along really good. You know, being the rep and having guys like Alex Johnson on our ball club, Rico Cardi, guys that you know weren't exactly model citizens at times. Uh, Whitey, and Whitey and I kind of talked a lot about what he could do discipline-wise if things might arise, but he was going to clean house, you know, and, you know, knowing that later on, having been in the game 56 years and understanding what managers and organizations want to do to, to build a ball club in, in, in what they visualized as the best way, I should have seen it coming because Chuck Estrada was his pitching coach, he was a fastball guy, and you know, I wasn't that guy. Mike Paul, just different guys. Rich Hand, just guys that you know weren't exactly flamethrowers. And you know, I should have seen it coming. Uh, yeah, I was pitching okay, but uh, you know, I, it was it was difficult. You're leaving a family. Most of those guys I came through the minor leagues with, and you know, we laughed, cried, worked hard together, argued, fought, did the whole thing. And you know, to leave those guys, you know. Uh, Difficult transition for a while. I don't know if you heard. Uh, you lost one of your fa- former teammates uh, today. Uh, Gaylord Perry passed away. Uh, what type of uh, a pitcher was he, and what type of teammate was he? Yeah, I just I heard this morning as well. Uh, you know, I, I say that about Gaylord, Buddy Bell, Jack Brohammer, and, uh, George Hendrick. They, they were all wonderful teammates, and they made that transition to Cleveland a hell of a lot easier by how they interacted with me. And, you know, Gaylord was a marvelous, marvelous teammate. Fierce, fierce competitor. You know, 
we were on a five-day rotation over there, and four days out of the week, he was a jokester, a prankster. You know, he was just one of the guys. But on game day, don't mess with Gramps. We called him Gramps already then. And, already you know, then, yeah. Don't mess with him. It was game day. He had his game face on. And don't mess with him because it was time for him to go to war out there, and, and, and he was totally focused on that. And... Um, I just loved loved being on the same ball club with that man. Did he teach you his, his special pitch at all? Well, let's just say we, we had a pretty good idea what we were doing to start with, and uh, perhaps perhaps I was a little bit better uh, for being around him. Got it. Understood. Uh, I know you pitched a no hitter against the A's in 1973 while you were a member of the Indians, and it was it was almost a perfect game if except somebody made an, uh, an error in the fourth inning. What happened there? Well, it's simple enough. It was 74, by the way, but uh, oh, 70, oh, 73 was a nightmare for me. I had a bad arm, didn't pitch well. And uh, Kenny Aspermani, to his credit, fought for me in spring training to keep me on the ball club. But I was able to rehab my arm and get in there and, 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 and have a good spring and stay with the club. Um, you know, I had a relief early in the, in the season. I didn't care. You know, I was in the big leagues. I, was, I had a chance to get going again and and, and resurrect my career and, and make up for a, a lousy 73 and finally got back into the rotation. <clears throat> you know, I watched Gaylord get beat 2-1 to one the night before by Catfish Hunter, and I'm like, well, you know, these are the two-time world champs. i got to be on my game in order to beat these guys, and that's the attitude I had anyway. But, you know, it, it was it was just a... A Sal Bando swing and bunt down the third base line. I had probably a little bit more time than I thought I had to go get the ball. I probably had to go almost halfway between the mound and the third base line to get the ball. And you know, the sidearm throw to first base, which usually moves back to the right, and this ball didn't. Pulled Tommy McCraw off the bag, and it was a throwing error. But I mean, you know, at that time in a ball game, you're not concerned with anything like right, that. I had I had Reggie Jackson to get out next, and I struck him out to end the inning. So you just kind of went on from there. That's all. Did you have uh, good luck against Reggie and, and uh, some of the other power hitters of the day? I think I did. You know, I've, I you know I'm I'm sure that you know you can't hide now. Everybody's got stats and all that. I got no idea how well I did. I don't remember Reggie ever getting me, you know, hitting a home run off me. He might have, but. You know, I knew what he was trying to do, and he did not change his approach with two strikes. Uh, just like Mantle. Mantle was trying to hit the ball as hard as he could and as far as he could every swing. If you made your pitches, you were going to get him. You know, if you didn't make your pitches, well, eight, nine times out of ten, he's probably going to get you. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't fear, hell, I didn't fear anybody for that matter, but I didn't fear the power hitter because I knew I had equipment that if executed properly was going to get him out. Now you were you retired at a, a fairly uh, young age for a ball player, thirty three. Was did you get injured or what? What uh, led to you retiring? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you very quickly. I was a player rep. Oh, <laughs> I understood. I knew I knew that when I took the rep job when I got to Oakland, Reggie didn't want it, neither did Bando. That. Uh, they wanted out because they were the free agency was coming. They they thought they could negotiate a contract with Finley, which of course none of them did, to stay in Oakland. And 
you know, I had been a rep for eight years, and, you know, they said, well, Bozzy, why don't you do it? And I'm like, well, I've done it for eight years. I said, you know, I mean, we had Ron Fairley in the room. We had Willie McCovey, Billy Williams, plus all those other guys, Rudy, Campy, all of those guys, tennis. And, you know, I said, none of you guys, none of you guys want to serve your union? I said, you know, you, you guys, you raise hell when you don't get your meals on the plane. We traveled lousy, which is Finley's what he wanted to do. I said, but when it comes time to serve your union, you guys are hiding in your lockers. I mean, I, I was pissed. Yeah. And then I didn't say anything. I just looked around the room. I was waiting for a reaction from somebody. And never got that reaction. And, I, and in my heart, I said to myself, this ain't smart to do because it might bite you in the ass down the road, which, of course, it did. And I said, I'll take the job because I believe in what we're doing. I believed in Marvin. I believed in Dick Moss. You know, I believed in what we were doing. You know, I didn't yeah, know I mean, it, I and it, tur- it, it turned out right. In hindsight, you you know, you made the right, you guys, they, they made the right calls, but it was just, I'm sure... As, as, well, as you, you know, you're putting your head on the on the chopping block, right? Everybody, everybody was gone in, in the spring of '77. Me and Vita, Vita Blue and I were the only guys left off of the playoff club of '75, and it was a hodgepodge bunch of guys. And six days before the opener, Jack McKeon, who was the manager then, uh, called me in the office. He says, "Finley wants to talk to you on the phone." And Finley says, well, I understand you got a player rep meeting today over in Sun City. I said, yeah, we're going over there. He says, well, you need to re- you need to elect a new player rep because I'm releasing you. Oh, no. <laughs> and I said, that's what you're going to do, huh? I said, you could have traded. I had two really good years there. You can look that up. I said, you could have traded, traded me this winter if you weren't going to do this and got somebody for me. Well, I was busy. Good luck. And he hung up. And McKeon looked at me and said, what's up? I said, yeah, what's up? Oh, he, said, did, he didn't even know? I said, you didn't even know it. And that was it. Wow. You know, I was over. You know, I tried to hook on with Cleveland. Frank Robinson wanted me to come back over there, but Finley had already told all the owners not to sign me. And Phil Segge, you know, he he was part of that bunch too, and he wouldn't he wouldn't do anything either. So I'm like, this is it. I'm not going to minor leagues. I was, you know, I, if I'd had a bad arm, if I'd had lousy years, and maybe thought I could get back to the big leagues, and I'm like, no, I, I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm rot. I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm done. I'm just done. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. Did you, you won the AL uh, ERA leader in uh, 1969? Did they give you anything for that? Did they get, did you get a, a trophy or anything special for uh, winning that? I was pitcher of the year there that year anyway. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't get any. I, I got a. I, I don't know what I got for a raise that year, but it wasn't a whole hell of a lot. I mean, Short tried to, Short tried to give us, you know, what he could, but you know, the reserve rules were in there, and they didn't have to give you much of anything if they didn't want to. And how about the Indians? Did the Indians give you anything when you threw the no hitter? Did they give you anything to commemorate that? <laughs> Seggy, see, they couldn't give bonuses then. So okay. he had to tear up my contract. He gave me a $1,500 raise in my contract. And, the uh, I, got, I got an engraved pocket watch. Okay. Do you have any memorabilia or mementos from your playing days? Do you have your first win or your first hit or 
Uh, yeah, I got I got a lot of baseballs and stuff, you know, and you know a lot of a lot of different pictures, signed pictures, and all that that I that I was able to 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 keep and frame. When I when I lived in South Carolina, I had a two thousand square foot shop where I worked on my hot rods, and I had a I had a rec room there that that we we put all the pictures up, and it was kind of nice to do all that. You know, I got some bats and stuff that I I kept. I don't know why over the years, but. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have a lot of stuff. You know, some Ted Williams stuff I have, and um, you know, different different books and stuff. Gaylord, Gaylord signed some stuff for me, and after the no hitter, and uh, which which I, I cherish, of course. Did you keep any jerseys or hats from from your all the teams you played with? You know, I've got a few jerseys packed away somewhere. Um, you know. Phil Woods, a very dear friend of mine, he lived in Washington and I mean in Baltimore. And, you know, he 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 kept an awful awful lot of memorabilia, and you know he had some stuff of mine that I wanted him to keep, and he he actually had a whole room full of, you know, like if you go into a clothing store and you see these racks that that, that clothing is hung on, he had racks yep. like that full of uniforms and stuff, and uh, you know, I didn't have anything like that. I mean, I I, I it's nice. It's nice to have. I guess my daughters and and grandkids will like to have that stuff later on. But uh, that's about it. Were you a were you a card collector when you were a kid? Did you collect baseball cards? You know what? I collected airplane cards. Okay. They had cards that were just about the same size as baseball cards of jet airplanes and different things like that. I, I'm sure that I had some baseball cards. I'm sure they were the ones that you. That you put in the spokes of your, of your bike and rode down the road with them, you know. Uh, I, I, you know, I just didn't didn't collect a whole lot of that stuff then. When you were when you were playing, I always ask former athletes if they're playing, when they were playing. When you were playing, did you ever go into a drugstore or supermarket buy a couple packs of Topps cards to see if you could get your own card? No, no, never did anything like that. Nope. <laughs> It amazes me. None of you no. guys did it. I, 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 that's like the first thing I would have done. <laughs> that's funny. Now, are you amazed that uh, people still uh, ask for your want your autograph after all these years? You know, uh, do you get a lot of autograph requests through the mail still? I, I do. I, I probably average maybe three, four, five uh, a week, maybe more than that sometimes. Uh, but you know, I guess I am. I am. I, it, it's heartening, you know, that, that baseball has a following like that. And there's, you know, there's a lot of old guys. I can tell that, but there's a lot of young kids too. And um, you know, I, I'm happy to sign them. I really am. And you know, I'm, I'm pretty honored. You know, that that people would uh, flattered. I guess you might say that people would would take the time to. To send me stuff to uh, to sign, so you know I, I'm happy to sign it. I always have been. I always will. Do you uh, do any personal appearances in terms of going to card shows or anything like that? You know I do when I'm asked. Uh, I, I haven't. Uh, gosh, I haven't done anything like that in, in quite a few years now. Did well. Is there any baseball cards that you enjoy signing? Is there any any cards that that kind of bring a smile to your face? You're like, oh, I like that. That's one of my one of the cards that I really like. Is there anything that any cards that you really enjoy? Well, you know, there's there's some of the no hitter stuff that uh, that um, you know that that, that I that I like, of course. 
different photos and stuff, different action shots that yep. that I like, and I say, yeah, my mechanics weren't too bad, I guess, you know. But um, other than that, you know, the the no hitter stuff is fun. The R8 stuff is fun because I I beat Palmer and Cuellar that year to to win that thing. That was that was kind of a vindication vindication of, of, of what I was doing. Do you um did you do you have do you have any special like no hit balls? Did you have a ball from the no hitter or anything like that? Any mementos from the no hit no hit game? Well, the ball had to go to the Hall of Fame, which it did. Nice. Uh, there was another ball that, that I kept out of that game that 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 we we put on a plaque that was that was displayed. I don't know, it's packed away somewhere now, but. Um, I don't know. There were some things that some of the fans and people, my sister-in-law, put together a, a nice collage of, of pictures and stuff. That uh, you know, that was that was a was a nice thing. Do you still watch uh, today's game? Do you watch the game now? I, I do. Uh, you know, my last 19 years was with Tampa Bay. Yeah. You know, there's still guys, you know, and players around that I that I touched that that I worked with that, that I still have. Have interest in, in root for, of course. Uh, you know some of the some of the coaches over there and manager were guys that I worked with in spring training when I was, you know, the coordinator there. So I, I still have an interest in in uh, you know how they do. I root for them. I don't uh, I don't really uh, you know watch them every every night. But of course we've got them on TV down here in the Tampa area. So you know I've, I've got them on sure. Is there any pitcher that pitches today that reminds me reminds you of your style? Oh my! You know, there's such an emphasis on velocity these days that no, you know no. that uh, you know it's not me. That's for sure. I, I, I'm sure you know that there's some guys running around that are that are throwing 90, 92 that that are breaking ball guys. That uh, it comes to mind. I don't know. I, I'd have to think about that a little bit. I don't think there's too many guys on the on the Rays ball club that uh, you know pitch with with that, with that style, you know, too much. What's your thought of um, the pitch clock that they're going to add uh, coming this year? Is that is that uh, do you think that would have affected you? And do you think it's a good thing for the game? I think it's a good thing for the game. Absolutely. I I was always a fast worker. I always felt like everybody, everybody but the hot dog vendor and the concessions people liked it if the game moved faster. The umpires liked it because they can get to the tavern quicker. The players liked it because they were on their toes at all times, and the umpires were always alert for what was going on. So, you know, I wanted to put the pressure on the hitter as quick as I could. Not like my hair was on fire, but but I wanted to work at a brisk pace. And you know, I wanted my pitchers when I was coaching. I wanted them to do the same. So I don't see, you know, where that's going to have much of a negative effect at all, you know, on, on how the game is going to go. Will it cut the game time of the game down? Maybe not very much. Maybe so. But I don't think that there's any negative to that whatsoever. Did you have any stadiums that you enjoyed pitching or fan bases you enjoyed pitching against or any mounds that you really enjoyed pitching from? Well, you know, you you like I like Yankee Stadium because of the because of the history. 
you know, just because of the city and because of, you know, the old stadium, walking in there for the first time and walking out of the duck out and looking at the facade up on the third deck. And, you know, Mantle was still playing then, you know, and, um, you know, that was always, uh, that was always a, uh, that was always a, uh, a treat to go there. I think I pitched pretty good, pretty good at Yankee Stadium. I, uh, I like Anaheim, of course, because it's the it's the it's the birthplace of hot rodding, and you know I'm a car guy. <laughs> I was going to ask you I about always, your hot rods. I was, that was, oh, that was yeah. one of my next questions. <laughs> well, I'm I'm looking at a '34 Ford Coupe right here. We got a big car show this weekend over to Fairgrounds, and I I uh, you know I want to I always go and I'm putting a coat of wax on the '34 here right now to take it over there. But, Are you still uh, working on cars? If guys oh, yeah. if you don't know, oh, yeah. Dick is, is is big into working on cars, and he sold a couple of uh, antique cars to former players, right? Well, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did over the years. Um, you know, I, I play golf three days a week with Tom Foley and Steve Henderson and a few other scouts that are in the area. And uh, when I'm not playing golf, I'm usually turning wrenches down at, down at Palm Arborado with my dear friend Bill Coleman. That's that's very good. I, I I'm glad you I'm glad you're still doing it and you found a passion that you can you can latch onto because it, 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 I'm sure uh, getting away from baseball was difficult for you. Well, you know, yeah, I say that. You know, I mean, you know, when it's all you've done for for 56 years and you know the relationships that I had with you know guys like Mitch Lukovics, who was the farm director at the time and. You know all the other coaches that were around that I I truly enjoyed being with and the camaraderie and all that. That you know it, it's different for sure. But you know I was in South Carolina living in Columbia up there with my grandson and daughter and son-in-law. Um, you know when you're that far away from what's going on and being active with cars and, and golf and all that up there as well. Um, I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't that hard, Jeff. <laughs> okay, that's good. Now I I know you wrote a book and and uh, I I found it on on Amazon. Do you? I, it's called Dick Bozeman on Pitching: Lessons from the Life of a Major League Player and Pitching Coach, and it uh, was published in 2018. Do people still bring that to you to get to sign? And and how did that do for you? Yeah, I I do. I don't I don't get that many of them to sign. Once in a while, somebody will send one, but uh, you know we did a bunch of book signings when it came out, and. Um, yeah, you know, it was fun to do. You know, I mean, that was just something that, that that I wanted to do for fun, and it was fun. Hell, it took two years to do it, but um, no, I, I, you know, I run into it every once in a while. I will thank you, Dick Bosman. He pitched 11 years in the major leagues from 1966 to 1976. He pitched for the Washington Centers, that turned into the Texas Rangers, the Texas Cleveland Indians, and he pitched for the Oakland A's. Uh, and he pitched a no hitter in 1974, almost a perfect game. He was the 1969 ERA leader. He had uh, 82 career wins, 757 Ks, and a 3.67 ERA. And you were really a control guy, right, Dick? That was your your forte. Had to be, had to be that guy. Um, you know, like I say, I didn't overpower that many guys. Once in a while, when you set up a guy to do it, you can. <clears throat> but as a general rule, now I, I had to I had to move the ball around. I had to change speeds as much as I could, and um, you know, mainly keep the ball down. You know, I'd really 
really good infielders all the way along with Eddie Brinkman and McMullen and Aurelio Rodriguez, Timmy Cullen, um, you know, later on with, with Frank Duffy and Brohammer and Buddy Bell, of course. And, you know, when I got to Oakland, I had Campy and Bando and, and my, my, my dear friend Phil Garner, my roommate, second base. Uh, you know, I, I made sure those guys got a lot of business. I looked at your hitting sets because obviously pitchers hit back then, and I noticed you didn't hit a home run. Did you get ever get close? Did you get close to hitting a homer? <laughs> yeah, I might have hit the wall a couple times. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I knew early on there too that I wasn't going to be a power hitter. You know, Ted Williams, I loved him dearly. He, he taught me so much, and I owe him so much. <laughs> but you know, he considered us pitchers non-athletes, so. He didn't. He didn't really spend a lot of time talking to us about hitting. You know, Nellie Fox was tasked to teach us how to bunt, which I could very well. And Nellie Fox used a bat. The model was U1, and it was kind of a bottle bat. It didn't have much of a knob on the end. It was very thick handled, and it was a great bat to use if you were going to bunt. Well, that's what I did. And you know, I had a K55, which was a Mickey Mantle style bat. And, uh, in fact, I have one that Ted Williams signed for me, and he actually, you know, he could be very sarcastic. And, he, and when he signed it, he looked at it and he said, yeah, there ain't a whole lot of ball marks on this bat, are there? <laughs> I'm like, well, you're right about that. But um, I know that, you know, we can all say I wish I knew then what I know now, but, you know, I, I learned about hitting from some really, really good hitting coaches like Rudy Jaramillo and Greg B. Eugenie and guys like that, that 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 knew hitting and knew how to teach it. And I'd have been a hell of a lot better hitter. I wouldn't have hit 300 or anything like that, but I'd have been a hell of a lot better hitter had I known a little bit more about the approach of how to hit and, you know, how, how to, how to the mechanics of hitting. Yep. Uh, you know, I understand it a whole hell of a lot more now, but, you know, it's uh, hitting's hard. Hitting's hard, and... Like Ted said, you know, it's the single most hardest thing to do in sports is to take a round bat and a round ball and hit it square. Do you remember getting you your know, first major league hit? I do not. You know, I do not. No, uh, no. Nah, nah, like I say, there, there wasn't that much of an emphasis on hitting. Should I might have hit a 55 hopper through the middle for a hit? I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, I was most proud of being able to bunt. I was most proud of being able to put the ball on the ground and, an advance runner. I know you, you you spent eleven years in the majors, and I, it's hard to pick one one uh, moment. But is the, is there a moment um, that really you know brings a smile to your face that you know you're, you're lying in bed and you're like, oh, I remember that that ga- that game in '72 when I struck out Killer Brewers. Or is there one? Is there is is there one kind of moment that 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 you you kind of still cherish? Well, I, I want to say there's many. I remember striking out Mickey Mantle with the bases loaded, and it was a tough game. I don't remember how I did in the game, but I know that if I don't get Mantle out right there, I'm out of the game. And I was managed to strike him out with a, with a big slider. I wasn't going to challenge him with a fastball. He'd have hit it over the facade probably. But, um, you know, I don't know. Striking out Frank Robinson with a fastball, I outsmarted him with a fastball on the outside corner. Um, yeah, you know, Killebrew, I was a youngster then, too. I was facing him up at Metropolitan Stadium. It was cold, cold. And 
I had him two and two, and I was going to throw him a sinker. And I got under it a little bit, and the ball went up and in, and he was looking slider and knocked him flat on his ass. And he, he got up so quick and jumped back into the box and went, oh, shit. And I threw him a slider low and away and hit a line drive, line drive to left field. Bobby Jones caught it, I think, in self-defense. But I'm like, man, I, I never forgot that. I mean, you know, I didn't knock him down on purpose. He was just a guy that you didn't knock down because he just yeah. he was going to grind on you a little more, like Frank Robinson, Brooks. You know those guys. Those weren't guys that you intimidated because they were true professional hitters, and you know you just had to outsmart them to get them out. So you know there were those things. You had Rudy Strepsky popping him up. My first my first game popping him up. Um, you know those were things. obviously the no hitter and striking out Bill North. The end. It is a is a special time, certainly, because, you know, that was, you know, I knew after the seventh inning I wasn't going to screw it up. They might hit a ground ball through somewhere, but I wasn't going to make a lousy pitch that somebody was going to get a hit on. And, you know, when North came up with two outs, you know, I'm like, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. And I threw him two fastballs away <clears throat> that, that that he fouled down the left field line, way foul. And I'm like, he's late. He's late on the fastball. He's still trying to look for a slider here. And I threw him a fastball up and away that, that I was going to set him up. I was going to beat him with a slider rolling in. And he swung and missed it. Yeah, I mean, you had, you, it sounded like you were very very aggressive and, and weren't passive. But I, I'm well, going to ask you about that, the one quote that I saw from you that, that you said, if you don't hustle when you're playing behind me, I'm going to kick your ass. Was that, that a true quote? It's a true quote. And it's an honest quote. You know, I felt like I felt like anybody. You know, when you're playing, you give 100 percent, and you're being paid to do that. I don't care if you're losing 100 ball games in a season. If you're only hitting 210, I expect you to bust your ass because I'm busting mine. And I never, I never, ever, ever gave in out there. And you know, we had some guys, you know, on that ball club. You know, the season, you know, we lost 13 in a row to end the season in 70. Ouch. And, you know, uh, I'm, on, I'm, I'm, I'm pitching, you know, as well as I ever pitched. It was probably one of my best years. I pitched almost 250 innings. And, you know, we had some guys loafing down the line. We had some guys that probably didn't make a, make a play because they weren't hustling. It just got to me, man. I mean, it got to me to the point where I said that, and I meant it. And if something would have happened, and there would have been a fight in the clubhouse, because I wasn't, you know, I, I, I was just, you know, I mean, Gaylord was like that, rest his soul. And, you know, uh, Sutcliffe later on, you've seen all of these guys. They went out there, and they got after it. And I expected the guys that played behind me to do the same. Dick, thank you very much. Dick Bosman, he played 11 seasons in the major leagues from 1966 to 1976 with Washington, Texas, Cleveland, the Oakland A's. Dick is a, a uh, awesome signer through the mail TTM signing autographs. I want to thank you very much for signing my cards. I really appreciate it, and I really thank you for your time today. It's my pleasure. It's great talking to you, Joe. All right. Thank you, Dick. Bye-bye. Bye.
Well, Drew, we have another one in the books. Another one in the books. We're we're, we're click quickly uh, wrapping the season the season up. We're wrapping the year up, Drew. We got a lot. We had so much stuff to talk about. We have all sorts of cool interviews planned uh, through the end of the year and into the beginning of the year. A lot, a lot of stuff happening. We have our give a card, get a card promotion. Drew, why don't you let people know what that is? Yeah, we're going to be uh, benefiting signatures for soldiers and benefiting you, of course, because uh, all you have to do is send us two autograph cards. One of those cards is going to go to signatures for soldiers so they can sell it and raise money for uh, wounded veterans. The other card is going to be entered into almost kind of a secret Santa type of thing. So uh, send those with a self-addressed stamped envelope, and you're going to have one card that somebody else sent that comes back to you after that. We're going to do that. Uh, we're talking about it through Christmas. I think we'll extend it on through the end of the year. So make sure you get in there before New Year's Eve. And like I said earlier in the show, I've got this stack right here of 56 cards that I am sending in. I'm only going to ask for about 15 back or so. So uh, there's going to be a lot of extra stuff out there. You may be a lucky one who gets multiple cards in there for all you know. And if not, well, I'm going to have a whole lot to give to signatures from soldiers there. And I can tell you also, among all of this stuff, it's mostly baseball. But there's going to be at least one football, uh, three hockey, and six soccer cards in there. At least one card from the 60s and at least one card from the 70s in there. It's mostly a lot of, you know, 80s, 90s, 2000, 2010 stuff. But there's also two uh, Major League All-Stars that are going to have cards in here as well. So, uh, yeah, send your stuff in. Take a chance. I mean, you've, you've definitely got some doubles, triples, quadruples of stuff out there. So uh, pull a couple of those, send them on in, see what you get back. Yep, just go to ttmcast.com. All the information's there, how to do it, and my email, my mailing address. So please, in the next week or so, get those out so we can get you some cards before the end of the year. Well, I want to thank Dick Bossman for his time. He it was great to talk to him. Uh, you know, I can't he can't I came at him blind and he agreed to be on the show. So I want to thank him for that. Nora Germain, our 13-year-old collector from San Francisco, who was great collector's corner. Les Wolf, of course, the, the legend, right? Les Wolf. We could talk to Les about what's going on in the hobby. I want to thank you guys. I want to thank Drew for, for all his work and uh, Les and Clemente as well uh, for, for making the show what it is. Next week, we have Paul McFadden. Paul McFadden was a rookie of the year, a kicker from Philadelphia. He had 30 uh, field goals in his rookie year. He was uh, NFC rookie of the year. He uh, taught, we talked to him about kicking. He was a barefoot kicker. We talked to him about uh, signing autographs and collecting. So that is coming up next week. We have Mark LeMay. Mark is president of TGA, the grading authority, TGA cards. We're going to talk to him. And we're also going to talk to George Scott, the third, George Scott's son, the boomer, George Scott, George Scott is working with TGA. So we're going to talk to him about TGA and maybe a little about his dad. And we have a special uh, call coming in from Clemente from Qatar. Clemente is out. Clemente Lisi is in Qatar out uh, at the World Cup. Of course, Clemente is author of the brand new book, FIFA World Cup, A History of the Planet's uh, Greatest Sporting Event. Make sure you check that out on Amazon. We will have Clemente next week. Drew, anything else before I let you go? I think we've got it pretty well covered. All right, guys. I want to wish everyone uh, a great week. Many happy returns. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you next week. Have a good one.